Hey everyone, welcome to the Four Goats and a Mic podcast. It is Ari, Tara, Bees, Jazz, and today we are drinking and chopping it up with Marcus Graham. Marcus, say hey, introduce yourself, all that good shit. Hey, what's up? Uh, thank y'all for having me on. Uh, I never get used to this. Uh, definitely appreciate it. Uh, big fan of each and every one of you guys. Um, so yeah, thank y'all again. Happy to have you here. And tell us, like, what do you do? What are you known for in the t- the Twitter screets? Uh, I'm the guy that set the the Twitter on fire. Well, not even just Twitter, just social media itself on fire about six or seven months ago with my vending machine business. Um, yeah, I went viral for my business. Um, and since then, I've helped. I can't even count how many people start their own vending machine business since then. And you have a course, right? Like, what's the link? Where can people hang um, out with you online? Come on. See, I'm, I'm still getting used to this. Um, so <laughs> I have a vending course um, that you can find in, a, in my link in my bio on my Twitter account, which is Brother Graham. Um, it's also on my Instagram account, which is I am Brother underscore Graham. Um, I have an ebook, I provide consultation. Um, I also have, you know, vending documents to help people when they meet with vending companies such as, well, vending locations. Um, I have a business proposal for someone, uh, contracts, location assessments, even cold calling script. If you don't feel comfortable um, cold calling places and saying, hey, you want to provide services, we provide a script to help you with that. That's dope. That's dope. But so how do you spell your last name, Graham? Just so everybody knows and they don't get it confused. Oh, yeah, yeah. Brother Graham. Uh, Graham is G-R-A-M. Okay, cool. Definitely. So before yeah. we, we skip the intro, we were kind of talking about how you can make different, uh, you can uh, have different avenues of making, you know, money in the vending machine uh, business. And you touched on the McDonald's thing. Um, you want to kind of go a little bit deeper into that? Yeah, that's something uh, different that I haven't um, even spoken to the masses about. Uh, I mentioned subcontracting for, you know, bigger companies. So you can subcontract for a bigger company that's a bigger vending company. You know, they have a big name, but, you know, they can get to locations where they can't, where they can't, um, where you won't be able to get to. So they, you know, their name can help you get into places. And since they're not typically located where you are, they might reach out to you. Uh, This particular contract that I got was from a company who has a contract collecting uh, donation boxes from McDonald's and Dairy Queen. So some months ago, I had a company reach out to me saying, hey, we see you in a vending business. Um, You look like you're doing pretty well. Would you be interested in subcontracting for us to collect uh, you know, the donations. So what I have to do is once a month, I go in, I collect all of these donations. Um, I deposit into my account, my business account. Um, I account for each and every one of them. Um, and then you know they extract whatever amount that they take and I'm left with a percentage. So pretty much once a month, I collect some stuff and get paid like $1,000 to do it. So it's definitely worth your time. Yeah, because <laughs> I do it. I I take two days to do it because I don't feel like going to all every spot in one day. Um, okay, okay. So two days, a thousand dollars. That's that's good money. Yep. So and I just bought a coin counter at the crib, so I don't okay. even go to. <laughs> I, I feel like at a coin counter. 
I wait, thought wait, you kind of like wait. jumped in. Can you like kind of walk us through like how you even got started with uh, vending machines? What was like the idea? Like what made you like decide like this is what I want to do and I'm gonna really like make a business out of it? Because I know a lot of people counter in the background. They probably uh, I know a lot of people. They look at you and they just assume it's just like something that they can just do easily and earn money. So like, can you kind of like walk us through those steps and what it was like for you? Um. Yeah. So. Um, just to take it back, I like I moved to Philadelphia two years ago from upstate New York. Um, I moved to Philly to get into real estate with a, somebody that was a friend of mine. We thought it was smart to put money together and do it. Um, Group economics. Yeah. So what he he already was in the vending machine business, and he was like, "Hey, while you're down here, your mom would you get a couple machines until you get into real estate?" Um, I got my machines. Uh, so I moved in February. I got started right away, and started my company as far as getting my name, getting my logo, getting my website, all of that kind of stuff, like right away. Um, I got my first location two months later. Um, I didn't make much money initially, honestly. I was making like $60 a month off of both machines. Um, but I had a sense of pride in it because I, I knew I had a company that I owned, you know? So um, if you saw me, you saw, you, you would have thought I was making $10,000 a month off those machines. Uh, I was very diligent. I came there every week. I was very nice. I, you know, did everything right. Uh, and then like uh, a few months later, I got more. So, you know, let me see. I got, I got my first location through my website. So okay. that's why if you ever see me talk about, I always, you know, stress getting your website. Um, because in this brand, this business, you need your brand. You have to brand yourself. You have to look like a big company. You don't want anyone to know that you're a one man or one woman company. Uh, and that's what I did. So after getting my first machines, you know, I, I got them from a warehouse from around the way. Um, it's easy. You can just Google vending machine warehouses. Um, most places have them. You can also look on Craigslist, um, offer up, let go, Facebook market. Um, you know, you can get play things from there. Because I use my machine. Like I get refurbished machines. Being that I'm a small business, I'm a one-man business, uh, I don't think it's smart to get a brand-new machine. So right. all mine refurbished. As long as I can put a credit card reader on them, they're fine. What was like the average cost on like a refurbished? The average for what I say about, you know, a thousand to twelve hundred dollars. Okay. Um, I always recommend someone have between twenty five hundred and thirty five hundred when starting out. That includes, you know, two machines, two card readers, product, um, coins you have to put in the machines, um, cause you need coins just for it to function. Um, if you don't right. have coins in there, then they won't be able to give change back, which means they won't accept dollars. Um, and then moving costs, you know, so you mm -hmm. can move them yourself. You can go get a truck from Penske with a lift gate. Um, you know, you can get um, a pallet jack, you know, to be able to lift the machines or you can pay for a delivery. I typically pay for the delivery because I don't want to go through the hassle. That's the, right. if you're not like, mm -hmm. if you're not like professionals with that, it can take you all day long. And I don't, I don't have time for that. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, machines, you know, you can get machines for like $400 though, like refurbished for real. Um, oh, wow. that's, yeah, yeah, you can get them. That's like places, like I said, you know, Facebook market offer up, they sell them for very, very cheap. Um, the one caveat with that is some of them might not initially take card readers. So you have to do, um, make it accessible, such as ordering a kit. Um, if you're listening and if you, you know, you need a machine um, that needs a, you know, a kit, you can get it from Vendors Exchange. Um, you know, you can do it yourself. They have you all the step-by-step -step directions, or you can, 
you know, call and hire someone to do it. Um, everything I do, I just Google. Vending machine warehouse, um, vending machines for sale, um, vending repair. Like, I do that and just do all the legwork until I find something that works for me. That's what I do with mobile homes. I was going to ask you about that, the repairman. How, how hard is it for you to find repairmen and women or anybody to uh, fix the, the machines for you? Uh, for me, it hasn't been hard. Like, I've, I've been... I, I want to say I've been blessed with the, the people that I work with because um, I was introduced mm-hmm. to them by the person that was in before me. So, you know, they, they, they're like a one-stop shop. They have machines, they have carries, they have products, they, you know, repair people. Um, mm-hmm. But we also found a, a great person who does, who fixes them off Craigslist. We just, you mm-hmm. know, was looking for more warehouses or more people that fix them because, you know, you're always trying to see if maybe, you know, the price we're paying may be too high. Because mm-hmm. we only know them. So we like let's mm-hmm. just, you know, dibble and dabble around. Um and so far I've been able to find four different places um within Philadelphia. Okay. And can you go a little bit deeper into the significance of having card readers? Because like I go in some buildings and if they don't have a card reader, I don't like I don't carry dollar bills around. So like talk about that. Uh the significance of it um is very significant when it comes to people like yourself, which in a certain age bracket, mm-hmm. younger people use their cars more than older people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in certain business spaces, you know, colleges, high schools, you know, student housing, apartments, things like that, you need to have a car reader because you have a lot of young people who will use the cars. Um, the older people, they, they use cash. They would, if the, the, you know, the price is 115 or 130, they will have exactly one thirty in coins a lot of times. Like that's kind of how they, <laughs> okay. that's kind of how they operate. Um, but you having a card reader allows just more access, though. You know, because people are more likely to, to have a dollar seventy five on the card than to have it on them. You know, somebody might have a dollar looking for coins, and it's like, damn, you know, I ain't gonna get nothing. Um, if you don't have a card reader, you're, you're you're selling yourself short. And most people who don't have them are the people who've been in the business for 15, 20 years, and they're stuck in their ways. Um, and they don't know that they're leaving a lot of money on the table, especially for the drink machines, because you, the drinks range from 150 to 250, um, even $3, you know, depending on what drinks are in there. And like I said, most people don't have, it sounds crazy, but most people don't have two, $3 in cash on them at all times. I'm, I'm one of those people. I barely have 50 cents on me at any given day. <laughs> any given day. I got my cards. I might have a 20 or a 50, but other than that, I don't have vending machine money. Right. I do not carry cash, like, ever. Ever. All right, so I want to get in your business. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to get the vending machine stuff out of the way. I know Ari was going to dig deep. Uh, good luck. <laughs> right, right. I'll, I'll ask the question after Ari. I'm gonna ask the intro I'm, question. I'm here Ari. for this. Hey y'all. <laughs> oh, <who's gonna> be? <laughs> B just hopped in. This is the most unprofessional, random podcast ever. But... You got billionaire B in the building. We need some sound effects. We need some sound effects. Yo, me do, 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 do. Right. What's up, right. Hey. What's up, B? What's going on? Hey, me and Marcus got to know each other real well. <laughs> we uh, we got a chance to kick it last night, so I wanted to come play mess with him for a little bit. He got it, man. 
I don't buy. That's cool. I don't care. That is cool. It adds to the mix. Right, right. You drinking? Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-oh. Here we go. (laughs) Don't drink too much McCalla now. Oh. (laughs) We're going to have another slurred episode. No. This ain't my my episode, so I ain't going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're going to mute you. (laughs) All right. So, Marcus, I know... Everyone's probably wondering, what's up with you and, like, the women? Are you dating? Are you chilling? What's going on with that? Um, <laughs> If you could blush, I, was, I think <laughs> that was just that moment. <laughs> I was I was dating someone, but we're not dating anymore. So, at the moment, you know, I'm single. Um, yeah, Wait, so what happened there? Like, because you said, like, it, it went south during the quarantine. Well, y'all... You was hustling too much, or y'all was too y'all together too much. Like, what happened? Because I know a lot of couples is like, man, I hate, I hate my girlfriend, I hate my boyfriend. Like, I'm tired <laughs> of them. <laughs> nah, nah, you know it was real. We are uh, we had um we had like broke up before quarantine, man. Um, but we you know we still kind of like well you know date a little bit here and there. Um, but to be honest, one of the biggest things was um you know you know it, but one of the biggest things was um. <laughs> Yeah, where I'm at in my life, you know what I'm saying? Because I have become somebody that people kind of like, you know, online, you know, recognize. So I have a following and things like that. So normal conversation between me and a woman, or let's say even me and you guys, might be someone might feel some type of weight because they're not in that space, you know? Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, so I might like, talk how, to... How is that for you? <laughs> being in a relationship maybe next relationship what are you looking for out of like you know your next you know, the next person you're in a relationship with like what they have to deal with when it comes to like you being like known on social media um pretty much man like they don't have to make the same amount of money you know as me but um have you know an identity have their their own thing that they're really into stuff like that so because some shit makes sense you know if i if I show love to Ari on the timeline, it's because she just helped me, you know, do better with my email list. So I'm appreciative of that because I know that, wow, I've been getting more sales by using this. But if you see me at nine o'clock excited and saying, yo, man, shout out to Ari. And if you're not in that space, you're going to be looking like, what the fuck going on? <laughs> you know what I'm Right. Yeah, I get that. Like, I send people hearts all the time on Twitter. Like, it just got to be something you're okay with. Like, I send people hearts all the time. Like, I'm just showing love to people who I appreciate. So, you know, I, I, can I just want to make like, I just want to make it clear that I'm not talking to any of your men, your little crushes, any of that. So y'all don't have to ask DM. Be weird about <laughs> it. Like <laughs> Ari, Ari has ruined a lot of relationships. <laughs> what? <laughs> what I'm, a not six, <laughs> so I'm not even 6'4. I'm not 6'4. Cue the gunshot. <laughs> Yeah, who has gunshots? We need them. (laughs) My DMs aren't even turned on, so that's like, that's what you, like, y'all. I have nothing to do with any of that, like, I don't know what to tell y'all. So, outside of that, I get what you're saying, though, because if you do have to, like, date somebody who is very confident and just secure with themselves to really not take anything, like, serious you know as far as like stuff that's happening online or conversations or like I tweet wild right (laughs) that could bother a lot of people so I definitely get what you're saying there um 
I also want to talk about how uh, often you get dragged for just being like a stand-up guy, right? <laughs> so something I see happen to you all the time is like, you'll say something like, um, you know, like the, the mother of my children, like she's, you know, she's set, she's taken care of, she doesn't have to worry about anything, she doesn't have to work. And I see you get dragged to filth for that. So I want to talk about that. Like, how do you deal with, you know, just being like, a decent person doing the right thing, but getting, you know, verbally abused for it all the time. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not hard. I'll be more, um, uh, I'm gonna really use this word, befuddled. Um, I'll be very befuddled by it because, you know, I see people get dragged for like a real shit. And when you tweet something, matter of fact, man, B got me in trouble. I was quoting B's tweet <laughs> and they came for me. I was quoting his shit though, so I didn't know that was gonna take off. But I like I engage because I'm not above engaging, um, but I don't get mad. I be more so like laughing at people, like "Yo, you really upset?" Because what really make me was confusing to seeing how many women were against it. I'm like, damn, that's wild. Um, I think that's the nature. I think hey, that's what, the nature. What was the tweet? Them. What was the tweet? Oh, so so um. B says something about, you know, like, you know, if he had a kid, you know, he would make sure, you know, his, you know, the, the mom is taking care of stuff like that. And then I quoted it like, yeah, like my son's mom um, doesn't work. And I pay, I pay, I pay her bills. And yeah, I, said that. yeah, and I, like, I got a, I had a 2019 Nissan Sentra that I, I gave to her um, so that she can have and she can drive, you know, um, because in my mind, if she's good, my son is good. Not right. only that, like, even though she didn't, like, actually financially contribute to my business, she sacrificed in other ways. You know, just her being pregnant for nine months was nine mm -hmm. months of her maybe not doing some things that maybe she should have done because she was focusing on being a mom. So by, um, by her doing that, it allowed me to continue doing what I'm doing. So I feel like, you know, it's only right that I look out for it, and I can do it. Like, it doesn't take away from me at all. And in fact, I, 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 I go harder. I'm, I go more. I always try to find ways to, to grow. So, yeah, it, it was weird as shit to see people mad about that. Can I interject a little bit? Yeah. I think people don't understand how important, like, um, even if you're not with the baby mama, how important it is for your child to be in, um, if they're going to be in two homes, to be in two stable homes. If your child is seeing, the other parent not be stable or um, just running around and ain't got nothing and they go on to the other home and seeing it, I mean, and seeing that this parent is living a lot better, that's going to do something to the child. Especially if they're with that person um, who's not doing as good most of the time, um, that's detrimental. So you do, if you're like in your situation, um, you're doing the right thing. Like, you should make sure your baby mother is good because, first of all, there's still a reflection of you. Um, your child, where your child is growing up is a reflection of you. Um, whether you're, you know, um, the, uh, you know, and, you know, stay with them or not. Um, so, yeah, you're doing the right thing. Whoever don't understand, they're just fucking stupid. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. Like, even, like, in terms of how I was raised, like my dad, he was never, my mom never put him on child support, but he gave my mom at least a thousand dollars a month. 
my entire life up until I was 18. Never on child support, but always made sure, like, you know, we were good no matter what. Like, he didn't buy a car or nothing like that, but, you know, $1,000 a month for 18 years, that was that helped out a lot. So, you know, I find it, it's, it's a respect type of thing. Like, I respect men who make sure that their kids are good, and making sure their kids are good means that the baby's mother is good, too. Like, you know, if somebody, if your baby mama is not living right, how is your kid living right? There's no way. There's no way. Like, I, at least that's my perspective from it. But the, you said you got flack from, like, women, right, Marcus? Yeah, I got I got flack. And one of the number one things I got from them was um, the only per, only type of person that does that is somebody who's still fucking or smashing. I don't know if that curse on this, but smashing. <laughs> of course, we curse on Oh, you. okay. And, um, <laughs> and, and I'm looking at it like, yo, that's crazy. Because to me, like, I love my kids, you know, so... I'm not, I want them to respect me. I want them to look at me and be happy that I'm their father. And if I'm treating their mom as if they're just somebody to smash and stuff like that, um, what was what that tell them to the person that they love more than, you know, right. more than anything? What is that saying to them? Like, like I don't want to look at my son and be like, yeah, you know, I don't care about this woman you care about more than anybody. Mm-hmm. So I, I respect her. I respect my too much to do anything like that. So the fact that Women think that the only way that you can look out for them is that was kind of mind boggling. That's because they fuck for money. That's, 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 that's the only I don't really think it's that. I, mean, <laughs> I think it's more so, it's not really hate, because to me, hate oh, is not man. really hate. It's a form of jealousy. It's really yeah. just jealous. So when they see that, yeah, it's an insecurity. When they hear that a man is out here paying for, you know, you know, his baby mama, you know, or the mother's child, she can do whatever she wants. She don't have to work. She can go to school. She can do whatever the kid is taken care of. They see that as a situation that they want to be in and they're not in that situation. So when they look at somebody like that and you're proud to do that for them, they're like, that's, I, you know, I want that for myself. And, you know, well, they look at it. <laughs> true true so but i was hoping that's you said, why they hate <laughs> i was hoping you said women had said something way more significant than that because <laughs> i was hoping you had said that they were saying that maybe they felt as though like men that do that use that as a way to control the women that they're with um, i think one person said that one more some, i think i see yes yeah, yeah, some I, see people were saying that. Mm-hmm. I see that a lot or even like my question for both both of you, um, B and Marcus, what if you had a woman that really just wanted to work? They wanted to hustle the same way you do, you do, but you know, you both have a child, then what? Like who, who takes the compromise there? Like who takes the backseat in terms of maybe working less or um, extending your days out because you got to be at your child's daycare or, you know, game or whatever the case may be. Like, what would y'all do in that situation? A lot of times it has to be the mom because like those first, I would say even like five to six years, all that baby wants is their mom, especially if you're nursing. Like I couldn't pay. (laughs) I couldn't bribe Silas nothing to get him off me because all he wants to do is be around mom. So I'm waiting for the day he gets older. He's like, nah, peace. (laughs) I'm going to go hang with someone else. (laughs) And that that was a, that was an important part um, in me being able to do that was because I'm not going to like pay daycare, you know, when that's in that time, you know, especially early on, it's like, want to do this. You want to nurse, 
you know, consistently. Mm-hmm. You want to do all that kind of stuff. So what's the best way to make my son's life well in accommodate her? Because let's let's be real, you know, like we we be talking about shit on you know people on the line while paying bills and going half all that shit. Like, listen, I always say that me and a woman can do everything the same up until giving birth. So I, I can't replicate that. I can't go half on that. So whatever you say, hey, listen, this is going to help me be successful. You know, I, I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Um, who, does, who does what when it comes to hustling, man? Like, it's, it's really just going to be based off the best for my kid because I'm confident in myself that I'm going to do good. I'm going to be good. I'm going to be able to make money. I'm going to be able to be successful. Um, I got to fucking find a way. If I, if I got to stay at the crib, I'm going to find a way to make some bread at the crib. Like, that's just mm-hmm. how, that's just how I'm going to go about it. You know, maybe I'm going to write fucking book, be Hill Harper or something <laughs> out here, you know, but I'm going to find a way to be able to stand as a man, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's so just my how answer, my answer is kind of like Marcus's. Um, I feel like if up until, like you said, up until birth, we're really on the same page. Um, if you could help it, I wouldn't impregnate anyone until one of us was in a position to um, not work for a while or, you know, take their time off. Um, but things do happen, and that's not always the case. Um, so at that point, it's um, kind of like I said, I believe the mother for the, at least for the first, I wouldn't say six or seven years, uh, <laughs> for the first maybe two, three years, um, it is more important for the mother to be there nursing and, uh, you know, being there more with the child. But I feel like if I'm, if, if it's, if I'm in the same position that I am, am today, I don't have to work with another day in my life. So I could, I could take that time off, um, to be there whenever my wife or, you know, baby mama or whatever, um, needs to be, you know, need a break or um, need to just get out for a minute. Um, if I wasn't in that position, I would hustle my ass off and uh, still, it's time management. Um, you could, if you're an entrepreneur, you can manage your time well enough to where um, y'all could get, uh, you know, get time off if you need. I'm gonna, I'm gonna not, I'm gonna ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, if you got time management and you know, as an entrepreneur, you could, you could make it work with uh, co-parent, not co-parenting, but um, giving each other time off. Uh, I think something that women don't talk about, especially like very ambitious women, um, is that that like downtime you have to have after you have a kid because. Your body is physically healing. You're going through another year to two years of your hormones rebalancing. And then if you're nursing, your hormones aren't balancing. They're going to be fluctuating up and down. So, and then even like your ability to like think and hold thoughts and, you know, baby blues and postpartum depression is like a lot, very common and stuff. Um, it's a lot to go through and it's a lot to kind of like rebalance. And I had a really tough time with wanting to jump back into work, but you literally can't like, (laughs) I was literally home with this baby who wanted to just like drink milk all the fucking time (laughs) and just be held. And like, you can't get on calls. You can't do work. Like you can't 
even like think straight for a very long time. And so what I try to encourage my audience, you know, as far as like the women who like to hang out with me is like, save enough cash to expect to be off for three years. You know, if you don't have to be off for that long, that's fine. But save enough cash for three years before you have a kid. That way, if anything happens, whether it works out with the dad or not, the dad helps you or not, you'll have peace of mind and one less thing to worry about because you know, all right, I'm straight for at least three years. I'm good to go. I can just be a mom. Like one thing I regret is having to go back to work so soon because oh, I just missed so much time with like so much present time with Silas and like I didn't take enough pictures and I was always like, oh, you know, trying to get him to go to sleep so I can get some work done. And in hindsight, when I do it again, it's no, don't talk to me. Don't hit me up. Don't ask me for shit. Like I'm out for two years and I'm just going to focus on being a mom and being very present. So, you know, y'all just be aware of that, prepare for that because it's a lot (laughs) to not only like, you know, be pregnant, but then to like give birth and have to recalibrate everything. It takes it takes a while. I'm glad like, so I'm glad you touched on that. Cause I'm, so I'm listening to them and I'm thinking like, but okay, there's women like me that feel like I'm going to be just as good as whoever my partner is. So like, yeah, I can maybe not work too, but maybe I still want to work just like you. Like we're both hustlers. We still want to still continue on what we were doing before the child got here. So like then, then what? It's not like, what if the compromise, what if I'm saying to my partner, why well, rather you stay at home more than me? Cause I want to work, but you brought, you, you touched on a good point that obviously I'm unaware of. I don't have a child that I'm not thinking of that. Like I could really just want to work a lot and it just won't work out like how I'm thinking (laughs) on a physical and mental level. Like I don't recommend any mom go back to work for at least the first year. If you can hold out for a year, at least hold out the first year. Cause again, your hormones are doing this constantly. And especially if you're nursing and then like, it takes one month, two months, three months to even heal, like of pushing a person out of you or getting cut open to take right. that baby out. Like that's right. trauma on your body. That's surgery, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then especially like being black women, like you see how we get treated in healthcare and how, you know, doctors don't listen to us or how doctors are more forceful with us. Like the doctor who delivered Silas, my ex told me, guys, you might want to hold your ears. Like she took a scalpel because Silas took 24 hours to come out. She took a scalpel and literally sliced me so that Silas could come out. And I, <laughs> I'm not going to say where I had stitches, but like that, that, that I know exactly what you're right. talking about. It's nasty. Yeah. yeah childbirth yeah. is, oh my God. You know? <laughs> look, look, I Yo. sat in with my mom one time and they broke her hips and it was the nastiest sound yeah. I've ever heard. And it, it still rings I think in my the whole ears. Thing is, is disgusting to be honest. Yeah, uh, so. <laughs> I was, and I was there, you know. Like I seen that shit in real. I seen that, so it's like that. That's also a big part in being able to say, "Now nah, I got to make sure that, like, she's good." Because mm-hmm. seeing that, knowing that black women die what three and a half times the rate that any other women die in you know delivering birth is important to me. Like, am I gonna be like, man, I'm not gonna do this. I ain't gonna do all that shit just because. And then what if she died? What if she died during birth? I probably would pay any amount of money to get it back. So mm-hmm. while she's here, I'm not going to apply that same shit. Like, I can't. It don't make sense. It don't yeah. Make sense. yeah. I mean, stress on the mother is stress on the child. So, like, when you stress out the mother of your child, like, really, you just put a stress on your kid. You know what I'm saying? Got to think smart. 
even if you don't like her. Like, at some point, y'all liked each other. So, like, get over yourselves and just be adults, right? Yeah. You know? Like, I don't agree with women trying to leverage their children and hold them against seeing, you know, or talking to their dads or anything like that. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. don't like that shit at all. Regardless of what the dad is doing, unless he's being, like, violent or abusive in some way, shape, or form. Then, like, yeah, fuck him. But, all right, he doesn't have it, but he's consistent with seeing his kid and being mm-hmm. involved and being present. Like, shit, I'd pay Silas's dad to do that. Just call the kid consistently, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, fuck. So, you know, you know, it goes both ways. But at the end of the day, like, you're adults. You guys had a kid together. So, like, do what you need to do to make sure that, like, your kid is straight, right? Like, anyway, I, can, I can go on about this for days and days. <laughs> Man, days and days and days. Oh, wait, and, let well, me and don't be, be, don't think, be laying I, like a king. <laughs> and let me be clear. I think children are beautiful. I just think childbirth itself is not the most, like, satisfying thing to look at. <laughs> it's not at all. I was pissed. I was like, I hate everyone who Before said people it's try to beautiful. He was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> It's an amazing experience. I'm like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? What, like, no, this sucks. This fucking sucks completely. Like, 24 hours of feeling like someone's trying to rip out of your ass and back. Like, it's miserable. Like, 10 out of 10. Do she not just told you about the stitches right there. <laughs> I was there. I already saw it, so I already know what it is. I've seen it dirty. before. I think it before. It's so nasty. Oh my god! I don't know why I thought I was gonna be a doctor because I was watching Grey's Anatomy. Mm -mm. I hopped on the wrong day. (laughs) Drink a little more. You wouldn't even notice. And then another thing, another thing to consider is like that's just the mom, but like you don't know what's gonna happen to the baby when they're delivered. Like Mm -hmm. with Silas, they like I asked for a delayed uh, cord cutting of cutting the umbilical cord and they didn't take that into consideration. They didn't follow what I wanted. They cut the cord right away. Mm -hmm. So he, as soon as they cut the umbilical cord, he- Can say my name? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I was talking about you. What's up, Silas? As soon as they cut the umbilical cord, he was on top of me, and we're just looking at each other like, oh, fuck, (laughs) you're here. And then he turned blue, like, right on me, and then they took him away, and he was gone for minutes. I didn't know what was happening. They're fucking, like, pulling out my placenta, giving me stitches. So, like, there's, like, trauma and shit just to deal with that. Like, is my child going to be okay? Are they Mm -hmm. alive? Because they don't tell you anything. All right, baby, can you go sit in the other room? They don't tell you anything for a long time. So, again. (laughs) <laughs> all things to consider <laughs> if you're gonna have a kid <laughs> that and the fact that kids are sponges so it's like what do you want your kid to be around when they're really young they're like sponges when they're young they pick up everything yeah. so it's like what do you what what kind of environment do you want your kid around you know even while they're in the inside their mom and then after she gives birth you know what what kind of environment do you want your kid around because that is where they pick up most of their, you know, who they are as a person. So, right. you know, if their mother's in a stressed out situation or, you know, she's not really doing well financially and you over here living good, like a king, mm-hmm. you know, kids pick up on that even really young. They understand what's going on. They understand that. So if you're going to have yep. kids, take care of them. Take care of first, the mom too. First seven years of their life is when they learn the most. Everything that they're going to be when they grow old, all of their morals and principles, 
are still in their first seven years of life. I um I listen to a lot of epigenetic stuff, so <laughs> Oh, I do too. I I totally understand that. All right, so moving along from the baby topic. Right. right, right. <laughs> yeah, I wanna I wanna ask Babies. Marcus a question. So so I wanna get to know more about you, Marcus. So What's uh, one random fact about you that nobody knows? Something you haven't talked about on social media? (laughs) Can you do what we did last night? (laughs) No, I can't, though, because it's going to be aired. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I want to, though, because that's funny as shit, though, but I can't. I can't. Yeah, I feel you on it now. I have to wait till you stop recording and tell them. Um... Damn, let me think. One random fact. Um, they, my, they already know I tore my whole goddamn knee up last year. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I can't even think. That's some. I'm born to shit. What happened to your knee? What happened to your knee last year? <laughs> uh, oh man, I tore my I tore my ACL, my meniscus, my quad, um, my patella tendon. I uh, fractured my femur and broke my tibia. Um, playing basketball. Wow. I was going to say, did you fall off the breeze behind you? Yeah, I was thinking nah. you fell off a bike or something. <laughs> nah, they told me basketball. that. They said, they said that was the equivalent of getting hit like by a bus. So they, they want to run some tests on me to see if I have some type of deficiency in my shit because it shouldn't happen like that. Did you um, get screened up by Shaq? Nah, yo, listen. You know, <laughs> on some real shit, the truth is, I fractured my other knee three months prior and I was on the court too soon. So I played. Uh, I, w- I was on the court. Like, I, I finished rehab for three months, and then two weeks later, I tore my other joint. Um, they think it was, you know, they think they said I was already probably playing with a torn meniscus. Um, so the pain I was feeling for all that time was that, but I ain't know. Um, the crazy thing yeah. is, though, that was that that led to me being where I'm at today. Um, because um, right before that, I still was working and I got laid off, and then. I was kind of like, I was, I was fucked up. Like, damn, like, I, I can't walk. Like, I'm like, am I going to be able to walk the same? Like, um, I, you know, I, I don't got a job no more. You know what I'm saying? My machines was growing, but it wouldn't have been enough to pay. Because I was, you know, living in a suburb and stuff like that. So I'm like, damn, it's not going to be able to pay for all of this shit. Um, so I was, I, was, I was down, down bad. Um, called my mom. I was crying. Um, you know, not because of the pain, but because it's like, yo, as a man, like, what am I going to do? You know what I'm saying? Right. I had a... Um, I had a child, like, damn, what am I going to do, you know? And she was recovering from it, you know, because she had a C-section and things like that. Um, but my mom was just like, listen, man, we ain't doing that shit. You're not about to sit here and cry and nothing. you about to, like, this, you gonna, we going to figure this shit out, but you're not about to get down on yourself. Um, right. So she was like, maybe this is what you need. You need this time to be there for your kid. You need this time to refocus because maybe you was too content where you was at. Um, I swear to God, it was like, I'm like, damn, you know, you're right. Um, right yeah, after that, I focused on my business. Um, I, I started. I got a contract as a behavioral specialist consultant. Um, then I got my big contract with Vin, and everything happened like, like right away. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been working towards this shit for a minute, but it didn't happen until then. Until I realized I was content where I was at, but also I didn't want to give nobody the option to take no money away from me. Um, mm-hmm. because that was a fucked up situation, like, to get laid off and had that happen. I'm like, damn, yeah. if I wanted another job, I couldn't just go out and get it because I can't walk. Um, but that's that kind of propelled me to where I was at. I started getting contracts left and right. Um, I started, you know, just being out there. Um, and then that's exactly, like, a couple months later is when I went viral. 
So like everything happened in like a three month time frame for me. Mm. Yeah, I remember when you went viral. I remember that. I had looked at That's your crazy. YouTube. I saw your Twitter. Yeah, I remember when he went viral. I saw him on mm-hmm. Twitter and I saw him on, saw him on YouTube. Everything. So yeah, that, that's really crazy. But you said you got a behavioral contract. What's that about? Yeah. So um, one thing I also do, like um, like I make I, I make six figures doing that is um, I'm an independent contractor, behavioral specialist consultant. Like I know it's a lot of fucking words and stuff. Um, but really, I write plans for people that have behaviors. So what they can they can be they can just have behavior problems or they can have like autism. Like right now. I did autism because contracts is like better and, you know, pay wise for that for adults. So I write the plans. Um, and then once a week for whatever amount of clients I have, I go out there to observe to make sure that, you know, they follow in the plan the way I wrote it. Um, so I get paid as if I work, like if I do like 40, like 48, 50 hours a week, but I actually only have to go out and, you know, observe like, 18, 20 hours a week. Um, and I do it whenever I, whenever it's convenient for me. Um, How'd you get into that? You never talked about that at all. You've been talking about vending machines. You got another <laughs> side business. Now, when, <laughs> now, when people ask me figures. About, now, when people ask me about that, I, I'm like, does this all come from in I always like, I might throw that in there. Um, but yeah, now I went to school for it. I mean, I didn't know I went to school for it until I seen that I can do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I went just like, I got my bachelor's in political science. Um, I always wanted to be the mayor of my city. Um, I wanted to, like, really, like, you know, be visible and show motherfuckers, like, yo, I'm from around the way. I used to be I used to be in the streets doing shit, but y'all seen me grow, so I really wanted to help that way. Um, but then I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that shit. Like, I started to learn more. I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. Um, and then, but when I finished college, I, ain't, I couldn't get no job. I couldn't even get a job at the grocery store, for real, because I was too qual- overqualified. So... Um, again, another time I was just down and out. My grandma was paying. I paid my um, my my car insurance. Uh, then I got an email from a program at my school for like disability services, and I remember like, oh damn, I did used to work in that, and I really loved it. But I'm like, I couldn't work as like you know the, the entry level. Uh, so I went and did the program. I knocked it out in less than a year. I just doubled and tripled up on summer classes and knocked it out in less than a year. Um, then I realized, like, if I do that, there's going to be people across the world that need it so I can travel anywhere. So when I moved to Philly, I didn't know that I qualified to do that because back at home, you need certain licenses to do it. But here, because it's such a big place and it's so big out here that you don't need that license. If you got experience, cool. And I ain't going to lie, I ain't even have the experience with that particular thing. I just knew the language. So <laughs> when I want to talk to them. I like that. I knew, I knew the language, um, so I was able to talk the language when I would meet with them, and it was like, ah, right, yeah, great. Um, and then when I go in and do what I got to do, I knock it out the park, you know. So another thing as far as branding myself <laughs> and, and, and taking off and delivering, like I, one thing I do is brand myself and deliver, you know. Um, and now, you know, just to let y'all know, I've been excited because um, I'm not going to be doing contract work anymore because – I started my own agency, so I have my own. I'm hey, my own. congrats! That's lit. Yeah, I just got congrats. I just got approved uh, two weeks ago, man. So that's I'm excited as hell, man. I got a question. Congratulations! Thanks, man. Appreciate it. So, how are you man? I won't say balancing. I'll say how are you managing the vending business, the donations, the 
the contracting work, being a dad and spending time with your kids. Like, what is your day to day and your week look like for you? Um, the pandemic kind of slowed things down because um, I don't have to see anyone like in person as much through that travel. Um, I can handle it through phone calls, Zoom calls, or even text messages as long as I, you know, continue to engage with them. Um, the beauty of having me being an entrepreneur is I can take my kids with me, you know, so I'm able to do that. That's the thing that honestly makes me the happiest about it, is being able to say, hey, we about to go fill these machines, or I'm about to go meet here, I'm about to do this. Like, that helps. Um, before, when I had, like, all my spots open and running, yeah, shit would get hectic. I might be gone from, like, 7 a.m. to like 8, 9 p.m. Because I still got to do physical therapy. You know, I still got to go to the gym for my own personal thing. So it, it used to be tough. But I would take off some time. Like, all right, I'm on, on this day. If I can't take it off, you're just going to come with me. Um, but the pandemic has then, helped out a lot. And then how did you add, like, a relationship to that as well? Oh, that was tough. That was tough. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. Because, like, and because I do all of that shit. Um, I don't really, I don't get to meet people in Philly. Like I don't get, you know, where I'm at. I don't get to meet people because I'm not in the position. I'm not about to try to talk to nobody at the gym because I'm here to get money. Um, I'm doing my vending machine stuff. I'm not engaging and trying to talk to people. I don't need to do what I got to do. I got to meet with a client. I got to do what I got to do. And I'm with my kids. Like I got to do what I got to do. So, um, that, that was tough. So, you know, you know, at the time, I'm mean, even this, you know, I'm not going to say like she wouldn't understand it. She was understanding, but that don't change the fact that, you know, there's certain things that maybe I can't do because I'm, I'm very transparent. I'm still new to making money. So I, I know what it was like two years ago to be poor. So I ain't trying to go back there. So I'm still building on what I got, which means that I'm not going to be able to do this. So I'm not going to want to go here or I can't take a trip here because now, nah, I don't want to spend that money here. I want to invest this money over there because what I'm trying to do. So uh, that's why it's important now to, like, kind of rock with somebody who has the same kind of thing, you know, where if I get up and I go and do something, and I don't text in the morning, not that I wasn't thinking about you. It's because it's like, oh, shit, I might have overslept. Oh, shit, I really need to do this. And you understand. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so, how so oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, okay. So as an entrepreneur, like, how do you meet women now? Like, that was my your, question. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, what's your way to meet pe women if, if you're not meeting them when you're out and about? Like, is it all social media? Yeah, but I don't, it don't go far. Cause I don't really like, I don't know. It's weird though. Cause it's like a lot of people talk to me, like they all, you know, try to, you know, talk to me, you know, like, Hey man, the vending machine business, things like that. Um, and I never want to use that to, you know, lower women to try to talk to them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be the person where it's like, I came to Marcus for a vending machine and he tried to talk to me. Or, you know, like, I don't want to misconstrue none of that shit, right? Um, and then it's just like, I don't know, I ain't gonna lie to y'all, man. Like, sometimes I just, I started getting paid for consultations a lot. And then it's like, sometimes I don't even feel like talking when I'm not doing it. Like, I don't feel like, so I might not respond in a timely manner. I get a lot of, you know, I'm, well, before, you know, especially when initially when I was going viral, it was like, you, you know, you acting funny, you different, what's up, man? You respond like, boy, I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, man. Like, I, I, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know where, I don't know where the hope is at. But no, ladies are shooting their shot. 
Right. Tell tell the women that your DMs are open. <laughs> no, nah, nah, I mean women have women have um it's not always the woman that I'm in, I will be interested in sometimes. And sometimes I just be like I'll be looking like, man, am I like would I really get on a flight to go there, you know, when like I don't I don't feel like it. So I don't know. So, I, you gotta fly them out. What you mean? You gotta fly them to you, and then no, no. It's better when the guy flies, so you can just dip when you gotta dip. If it gets crazier, weird. Nah, right? cause I'm like I said, I'm just like like I'm still in the midst of really trying to like grow secure. Like I look at it like, man, right. any day some shit can happen and my shit fuck up. So I need to make sure I create as many stuff. Like tomorrow, it's like, all right, tomorrow, like, man, what if? Oh, I lose all my vending contracts. Well, I need to be prepared for some other shit to replace it. So I'm always thinking about that because I'm still, I'm still, you know, one, one and a half years into where I'm really, you know, doing what I'm doing. So um, still building. Yeah, and I just like I don't really want to take time away from that right now, you know. And then it's mm-hmm. like, damn, do I do I want to fly to New Orleans? And it's like, damn, you know, I, I need to do this, but damn, I'm gonna be out here for three, four days, but. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom, you know, I, I won't feel a dad, you know, so it's like it just be with, with you know, that kind of shit, man. I think so. all of us have struggled with choosing between like, you know, spending time on the relationship versus spending time on the business at one point in our lives. Like, I know I've been there and it's like at the end of the day, you honestly have to be with somebody that's going to understand that that's that you're you're that kind of person, you know what I'm saying? You're going to be working, you're going to be out there, you're going to be uh, always thinking about, okay, I need to do this, or I need to do this, or I'm building this at this time. So if you're not with somebody that does not understand that, it is not going to work out. (laughs) That's just sad, but it's true. What are you looking for in a lady friend, partner, significant other? She paid a millionaire matchmaker. I like this. I told you I'm going to get in your business. We're going to have some lady contestants on here next time. The For the love of Marcus? Yes, there we go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I, know so, I know some dope chicks. So what's up? Like, what are you looking for? Um, damn. They, um, obviously, they, I, I want them to be entrepreneurs too. Or no, they don't even have to be an entrepreneur. On some real shit. If they have a career that they're passionate about, um, I, I'll fuck with that, you know, any day. Um, as long as, like, as long as you have something that you're passionate about where our relationship isn't the peak of your life. Um, that's important to me because if you wrapped up in, like, in me, like, that's going to be a bad, that's going to be bad. Like, I have, I, I value myself. I, I think I'm the shit. Um independently you know like even if we're not rocking if we even if we're not together we break up like i might be sad about our relationship but i'm still individually happy so i need somebody to be like that in the sense where they have their own individuality they're happy about whatever they're doing um you know they don't get too wrapped up in what i'm doing and um you know she at this point you know she a mom great she's not a mom that'd be cool but I, I, i would like a woman who's a mom because i feel like that that also was important, you know, um, because when I'm with my kids. I really want to be with my kids and have fun and shit like that. Um, I don't want to miss that, you know, that part. Um, I don't know, man. Like, obviously, she got to be attracted to me, which is subjective. Um, uh, damn, I don't know. That's 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 a lot of bare minimum shit, but it's important to me. 
Hey, I can I feel that. I feel that. Um, so I, I want to know, like, so what what do you have coming up next with your business and everything? You know, where do you see yourself going? You know, where do you see your, you know, if you do have a, a girlfriend, like where, how do you see that all fitting together and playing together? Um, man, I'm, I'm, I'm moving towards like getting ready to, well, like I said, I got my new company, um, autism agency, um, which is we care support services. Like I said, I'm excited about that. Um, I'm looking to, you know, finally, you know, get into real estate. Um, I'm definitely highlight B. Um, I really, it's important for me to like really participate in economics now. That's something I'm big on. Um, shit. Uh, stocks. I haven't, I haven't invested in stocks yet, but I really want to start learning about that. Um, I didn't want to spread myself too thin doing a whole bunch of stuff as I'm still, you know, growing, but I definitely want to learn stocks. Um, I need to start vacationing for real. So I'm trying to do three or four of those at least a year. It don't even have to be big vacations, but I need to, I need to be out here. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's alone, whether it's with, you know, shorty, whether, you know, I'm, you know, I'll probably have a few with my kids, a few just by myself or with women. Because therapy told me I need to start taking vacations by myself. Um, so I definitely want to do that. Yeah, you might be Ther- a, uh, therapy. Speak yeah. on it. Therapy. How, what, therapy. Is, what has therapy done for you as a Change as a my, black man, as a father, as you know, just an individual? Therapy has taught me. Um, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for therapy. Um, it taught me one how to love myself because I didn't know I didn't. I wasn't doing that. I didn't know I didn't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, therapy has allowed me to to bank on myself and invest in myself um to really like unpack a lot of shit that i didn't know was there and mm-hmm. being able to tackle it you know face on i mean head on um it's allowed me to build a relationship that i probably wouldn't have built or on um, rekindle stuff or you know that i probably wouldn't have um i, I got a better understanding of who i am so i have a level of confidence that's unbreakable going through that you know, um, like I swear to God, the one they gave me an activity like, yo, listen, every day, write down how you feel every day for 90 days. Um, and how you feel today, and like I guarantee you in 90 days, you're going to look back and like, yo, that's crazy how much I've grown. Um, and I did that shit. No matter what the day was about, I would just write it down, talk about it as honest as I can. By day, you know, and including that, I had to look myself in the mirror and tell myself that. I'm somebody, I'm important, um, you know, I'm not my mistakes, all that shit. And like, every day mm-hmm. you say it, you will start to believe it. And when you start to believe it, you will act on it. And when you act on it, you're going you're gonna to change your life. And I did that mm-hmm. shit. Um, and once I started doing that shit, everything changed. Like, if it didn't make me happy, I'm not fucking with it. Um, I learned the difference between happiness and joy. You know, joy is inside of you. It won't come out. Um, it's, it's based on yourself. Happiness can be affected by a person, place, or a thing. Um, so I can be happy today, not happy tomorrow about something, but I'm always mm-hmm. going to have joy. Um, so being able to really learn that shit has made me do everything to invest in myself with, whether that's eating better, whether that's going to the gym, whether that's not engaging in certain conversations, whether that's not being around certain people, whether it's around mm-hmm. being a certain kind of people. Um, just going through therapy really helped me you know, love who the fuck I am and just spend every day wanting to to mm-hmm. build on that. That's dope. How long do a lot of black men need to go to therapy? 
Go ahead, man. I think so too. I just want to know how long he's been going to therapy. Um, I haven't. I shit. I ain't been in therapy for a year, but I went for a year. Oh, okay, because I've been but going I, consistently for about three years now. Yeah, and then I just like I took all of the stuff that I would, you know, and just keep on and doing and building on it by yourself. Yeah, yeah, just keep on staying on the same shit, man. Mm-hmm. B, how's therapy changed you? Whew. <laughs> I'm a lot less um, argumentative or, or or violent. I just don't see it. Um, I stay away from certain things, and I'm 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 a lot more aware of the situations that I put myself in, and um, I can remove myself more quickly from them if I do find myself in a uh, a position I don't want to be in. Um, also, just learning to observe people and not. Um, Basically, knowing who to be around, and like he said, knowing who to be around in certain situations you don't want to be around. Um, you don't be around those type of people who involve who are involved in the crap. Um, and responsibility, um, taking responsibility for my own actions, being accountable, being very, very self-aware. Um, and yeah, this about. Yeah, that's about it. Mostly, I've been trying to get rid of, uh, get over my anger issues, <laughs> and I'm learning stuff that I will, um, I learned what I picked up growing up. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, st- I think I spoke on it the other day on Twitter. Um, like I grew up seeing, I remember my first traumatic experience was my cousin beating his girlfriend ass on the side of the house. And um, I tried to go on and tell my grandma because even then I was probably like four, but I knew it was like they wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And she told me to mind my business <laughs> and gone on, but um, I still knew they wasn't right. And back then it taught me to basically everyone around me was fucked up. I learned that at a very young age, probably like seven or eight. I knew that a lot of people around me were fucked up people. Um, so my whole thing was, I'm going to do the opposite of what everybody else does. And to this day, that is something that I do out of habit. And it works for me in some cases, but in some cases, I look like I'm just trying to you know, go against the grain when... It's really like that's what I that's how I learned to be a good person was doing mm-hmm. it. But on the other hand, I do some fucked up shit because <laughs> I'm doing something that you no know, everybody else is not doing, or I look like I'm doing some fucked up shit. Yo, that's some real shit you said too. Because for me, um, like I'm a loner, and through therapy, I learned that I was a loner not by um, because that's who I am, but by my circumstances. Yeah. Um, I was different from, like, my mom has five kids, you know, and I'm different from all of them. So I always thought different, I always behaved different and stuff like that. Um, and the truth is that I was, I know uh, until I got older and got into therapy that I was, that I had um, depression and shit like that. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. People used to think I was just angry or I just didn't want to talk, but I didn't know what the fuck I was feeling. I didn't even know why I was, you know, feeling the way I was feeling. Right. So then I went to college and then I was there by myself. I didn't come back home. I got an apartment, just stayed there, 
Then I moved to, you know, Brooklyn. Then I moved to Jersey, all this type of shit. And I learned that it was because growing up, everybody always was like, um, no, nah, man, he tripping. Let me leave him alone. Um, you know, so I'm like, I, I kind of got used to that shit to where I started right. being that way. Um, but then I, you know, but it bothered me though. But I realized that, you know, with therapy, like, yo, you know, you need to talk to them about this, take it on. Like, this is why you are a loner. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the shit I had to unpack. And, you know, so before I moved to Philly, though, I like my mom had us, we all sat down and I just we talked. And, you know, everybody was like, they ain't understand. Because they always told me, like, where I'm at, like, damn, you changed. Like, you, you growing up out of that. But they ain't know right. that that's who I really, like, I never changed. People just didn't really get a chance to know me because they only saw the mm -hmm. part where it was like, yo, he angry, but. I wasn't angry. I was depressed. I didn't know I was, though, until I became an adult and went through therapy right. and shit like that. So it was like me being in Philly now by myself is kind of like I'm used to it. Like, I'm used to being alone. Um, but now I'm, I'm, I'm here alone by my choice. I'm not backed into a corner. I'm not just adapting to it. It's like I'm happy to be here. Um, so that's why I also feel comfortable not really talking to people when I go to the gym or here because it's like, oh, it's cool. Like, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. Yeah, I think that's the biggest part, uh, being comfortable with who you are uh, as a person and knowing that you're not going to be for everybody, period. <laughs> if that's the lesson I've learned from social media, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not my for everybody. Listen, I tell motherfuckers, look, man, it's like, what, six billion people in the world? Um, even if 1% think I'm handsome, that's six million people. So I'm fucking handsome. Yep. So I want to switch it back to um, your vending machines. So, like, what's next for that? I know earlier, I think before we even started recording, you kind of touched on, like, contracts for that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um... I'm not well. I wasn't necessarily like planning on like building more with it. Like if something came my way, I would accept it like through my website or if I seen a, a route that looked feasible. Like that's pretty much someone sells a collection of machines already placed in locations making money. So if like that came my way, I would do it. I would purchase that. Um, but, you know, I'm not actively looking, like, seeking to get more locations because I have more stuff that I'm growing on. Like, my, my agency, like, I really want to build that up um, because, you know, the more clients I get with that, the more money, you know. So, but I am, my brother and sister is moving down here in August because uh, they've seen everything I've been doing. They want to, you know, participate. They want to help. So, I am planning on now expanding my business, you know, to – the DMV area, to Jersey, to Delaware, oh, because nice. having more people out here will allow me to um, grow. So I'll be able right. to pay them to run the Philly, you know, division mm -hmm. pretty much and be able to go these other places, which is about an hour and a half, two hours away. Um, so you can start seeing that shit. And the more that I, on my website, if I, you know, my SEO, if I expand that, it's not just Philadelphia area. I'll be able to get more leads if I have, you know, the New Jersey area, the Delaware right. area, the DMV area. So, so how does it work with, um, like, the vending ahead, machines guys. itself? When you get them in a building, like, do you pay the building rent, so to speak? Or, like, what's the, what's the business um, transaction there? So 
that's twofold. So if you are, it's two reasons you may pay. Is one, if you are cold calling them and you're trying to sell them a service, they want something in return. Okay. If they reach out to you, then typically they're just looking for your service. So they're not even talking about, you know, percentage. Um, and the second reason would be if it's a big, bigger establishment and they know, you know, that they have some kind of worth. So they know that, you know, you might pay. They know that you're going to make a lot of money. Um, and with that, you know, I say for most contracts, I wouldn't go over 10%. Okay. Um, you know, for a bigger contract, I wouldn't go over 15%. Um, but I also advise, you know, people that come to me um, is don't, you know, don't try to keep 90% of something and ended up getting 100% of nothing. Right, so right. if they want a little bit more and it's going to look like a contract that's going to be well, you still going to make money, uh, go for it. Um, but if they don't ask about commission, don't bring it up. Because 90% of the time, they're just looking for your service because it's convenient to them and their right, staff. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's pretty okay. much how it works with commissions. And you don't have to pay rent. People think you have to pay rent on electricity. You don't have to pay that. Like, I haven't seen anyone do it. Um, I've never done it. Anyone that I've been associated with who's done it, they don't pay rent or commission. I mean, not commission. They don't pay rent or, like, electricity. They might okay. only pay per um, percentage of commission and always make it um, on the net sales because some will try to get your gross sales. And that's pretty much the money you're putting into your business. And, like, that, that shit don't make no sense. Right, right. Okay. I think Tara had a question that I, and I cut her off. No, you're good. Um, I was asking, like, Actually, like, actually, you kind of answer some of it, but um, I have another question that kind of expounds on that. Like, as you grow your business in other cities, um, what kind of market research are you doing? Are you doing those, like, using the same market research as you are using in Philly? Or are you kind of switching it up for different cities? Because I, I kind of want to know, like, what's your favorite location to place uh, your machines? You know, college campuses. How does this all work out? Um. I base it on the numbers, you know, so, you know, colleges, things like, like, it's specific places that, you know, you pretty much know would do better than others, typically. So that's colleges, that's um, student housing stuff, because, you know, they have separate. Don't give away all the like, sauce now. Don't give away all the sauce. Look, I give away the whole Hold on board. now. Don't give away all the sauce now. That's enough. <laughs> Yeah, I just but wanted yeah. one. I didn't want you to give away the whole thing. I just wanted, like, your yeah, favorite, yeah, like, one unique yeah, yeah, spot yeah, yeah. that you like posting them. So my favorite. Get like, to my blind. <laughs> colleges. Yeah, like, colleges, you know, stuff like that. Okay, cool. So, so I know, like, you said you don't want to grow your vending machine business anymore. So I'm sure you're making, like, good money from that and you're making good money from your agency as well. So, like, I saw you saying on Twitter that you have um, a minivan that you drive. Like, how is that? Like, have you allowed your lifestyle to, like, increase as you made more money? Or are you okay with, like, you know, just kind of staying low-key while you keep making a bunch of money through your business ventures? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% fine with making um, a bunch of money while staying low-key. Like, I ain't gonna lie. Like, I've always been low-key. So, um, the whole going viral put me in the forefront. Um, and I had to get used to the shit because if you was to go back to, like, September before I – you would see I wasn't tweeting. I had to, but I just tweeted one night because I was excited about the new contract I had. Um, so I had to teach myself how to tweet because I'm like, damn, I got to tweet, you know, stay engaged. But um, yeah, I like the, the low key part. Like, um, I mean, 
I got my, my van. My van is my business van, which is I got it wrapped with, you know, my vending information is my business van. Um, the good and bad thing of that is the good part is, um, you know, when I drive around, um, you know, branding, so I'm noticeable. People remember me, see me. Um, the bad thing is people remember me, see me, you know, by being able to notice that, that, that truck. Um, but, yeah, I'm not. I ain't got to, like, even myself, I ain't got to press myself. I ain't got to press nobody. Like, I'm using this whip. It's, it's, it's 60, what, 6,000 miles on it. It's a Dodge Caravan. Um, I'm making money with this van. Obviously, like I said, I go do the collection. So it's like I'll buy some new shit whenever I feel like it's smart to do so. But in the meantime, I'm trying to keep my overhead low to keep growing. So even if I, like, say I take a sales dip here, me keeping my overhead low will sometimes make it feel like I'm making more money. Like I just had, I was some shit I was paying. I was like seven twenty a month on some shit that I ain't had nothing to do with my credit. So I paid it off. And now I feel like I'm, I'm making more money cause I'm not spending more money. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how my shit is. I'm trying to keep my overhead low and it's weird. Cause it's like the more money I make, the more I really like, damn, I could have more money if I ain't have to pay for this. or I ain't do this. So I want to spend money on that. Right. Right. And you said like the bad part is that people notice you around the city. Like, so how do you deal with security? Like I, I heard you saying on one of our Zoom chats that, you know, you, you're you're usually carrying. So like, how do you protect yourself? Because you're picking up cash, you know, you're getting stuff like that. Like, are you armed? Like, how do you feel about like you yourself being armed? And like, if other people should arm themselves in this business and just in general? Well, yeah, man. I mean, it's definitely concerning, but you know, I, 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 you know, but I packed that thing too. So you come around this way. <laughs> nah, <laughs> yes. but, nah, but I do, I do, I do, um, I do carry, I do carry. Um, and I always make sure that I pretty much, anytime I do collections, I do it in the, you know, in the daytime. Um, um, you know, not, I mean, just, I think I would advise everyone to kind of do it in the daytime, you know, people around cause things are less likely to happen during that time. Um, I'm always aware of my surroundings. I mean, I, I come from the hood. I used to be in the street, so I'm always being aware. You know, I'm not the kind of person that if I'm in the mall eating at the food court, I make sure I'm facing towards the door. I don't want nothing behind my back. I got to see what the fuck going on. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you're pretty much on. Um, I want to get something new, something different, but uh, I think everybody should try to be armed if they're in this business, you know. Um, and like I said, me having that truck, allows me to be visible if somebody is to pay attention to see that the beginning of the month or every couple of days i come around this time um they may try to move so i don't always i don't go the same time to my locations all the time uh i mix it up you know if it's a location where i need like a pass code or it's a nine to five i try to go in on a saturday and say hey can i get the, you know the pass code so that way people are just not used to whenever they don't have i don't have a schedule when it comes to it do you uh, ever get requests from people for things in your machines? Because I know I definitely told this guy that has that does the machines like right around my neighborhood, and like he gets the special kind of soda that I like. So, do you ever like work off a request, or do you kind of just do your market research after filling up the machines? Um, yeah, both. You know, um, in the beginning I would take requests, and then I realized that that was kind of stupid because I'm basing it on one person and not the totality. Um, but then you have that one person who will buy it every day. Um, like 
it's this cream uh, vanilla ginger ale soda that the super, you know, the apartment manager gets every day. Like he was like, hey man, like I seen this, I never seen it before. I'm like, I'm taking this out when I bought the route. Cause I had to re-take out a lot of stuff in there. Cause some guys who like own machines don't know what they're doing. They fill it with things they like and not what people like. They don't pay attention. But he was like, nah, you need to bring that back in here. Um, so then I ended up leaving in and I seen he buy at least two a day. Two a day he buy them. So I'm like, all right. Um, I just pay attention. Now, kids, like when some locations, people bring their kids. And this one little girl, she buys Skittles every time she comes. And I think they were visiting a lawyer. So they've been there like every two or three days. And they will buy up all the Skittles. So, you know, you kind of got to keep an eye out for that kind of stuff. That's good to know. Because it's like, I always thought about that. Like, when it comes to vending machines, there's so many options that you can put inside the machine. So I know that a lot of factors come into play when picking what goes in those machines. Yeah, and the demographics is important. You know, younger people like different stuff than older people. Um, you know, older people like, you know, they try, they don't really do it, but they try to get more of the, the baked kind of chips. They're more mm -hmm. likely to have the chocolate kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, they're big on the diet drinks. So when I when I assess my location, I take all of that into consideration. I ask mm -hmm. about, you know, how many people is here, you know, you know, what kind of people work here, you know, who have access to it. And then I will um, you know, base it off of that. And then with the you know, the kids, I know that they're gonna eat the Starburst, the Skittles, the the Sour Patches, they're gonna they might eat Cheetos and things like that, like you know, being able to pay attention is, is mm -hmm. what you really got to do. Do you uh, kind of dabble in the machines that, not the ones that have food in them, the, the, the ones like I've been inside clubs and bars that have machines with like uh, cigarettes and lighters and all kinds of different things in them. So do you only do snack machines or do you do other kinds of machines? Um, I only do snack machines, but I have a student housing building that, contract that does i mean amazing and i'm thinking about putting a toiletry machine there mm -hmm. so you don't have to leave right. you know you know trying to have like a, a toothbrushes and soap and yeah that would um, be great feminine sure. stuff like things of that nature in that building um when the new year starts up um, hopefully in august you know we're still they i'm still communicating with them as far as is the students going to come back for the fall um mm -hmm. luckily that building has out of the 550 people, 250 are just regular year-round residents. So even though 300 of them left, I still have a great amount of people there. So mm -hmm. definitely want to do the toiletry one for there. Yeah, the toiletry machines are definitely a hit. I, me I remember seeing those like in bars, and they would have them in the women's restroom. They have all these hygiene products in them. And then they would also have the slippers in them. So like when you go to the club, you can go to the mm -hmm. machine and buy you a pair of slippers so if you didn't want to wear your heels anymore. So I definitely think like the vending industry has so many different ways you can make some money. Yeah, I seen Even women. I seen some, yeah, I seen some mm -hmm. women with eyelashes. Like they have an eyelash machine, and mm -hmm. from what I seen, they was doing very well with it. So yeah, it's so many different ways to go. Yeah. So so, what do you think is like the most underrated part of the vending machine business to you? Like stuff people might not know about. Like I said, don't give away too much of your secret sauce, but like. What do you feel like is underrated that people don't really think about that much when it comes to the business? That you technically, I mean, you get paid every day. Um, 
you know, if you're in a bind or anything, like, <laughs> I'm about to go to my machine and, and take this money out, you know? <laughs> For real, like, when I moved, to, like, I had to do that a few times. Like, damn, man, like, I need to go to the machine and grab some money. He's like a person. <laughs> um, and if you have a car readers, like, you want to be disciplined, though. But if you have car readers, once a week it comes into your, you know, account, you know? So um, you're always consistently getting paid when it has the vending machine. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest pluses. And I don't spend a lot of time with my business, probably four to six hours a week. So, and most of that time is pretty much the driving part, you know, just driving from one location to another. So, yeah, that's time, you know, less time and shit, you get paid every day. Right. How, how many locations do you have in your route? I have, now I only have four locations, but I have like uh, 12 machines. So I have oh, wow. two spots that have four machines in it each because they're college and then the student oh, house. You got the, you got the whole like college mm -hmm. situation. So it's more than one. I, I don't know why I always thought it was only like one per college, but that thing would be sold out all the time if that was the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the, the, the student housing one, I started with two because it's an 18-story building, like 18 floors. So I started with two on the second floor, which was their like um, lounge area. And then we was like, yo, we negotiate. Like, um, I'm trying to put some more on there. And then I put two on the 10th floor, which is the halfway point from, you know, 10, you know, from 2 to 18. And then that one did better than the first one, which the first one was the one that made me go viral. And I realized that that one on the 10th floor did better because people get off the machine and off the elevator, I'm sorry, and see it. Mm -hmm. Where you have to actually walk by the ones on the second floor. You have to go to the gym. You have to be in a line. You have to know it's there. But on that 10th floor, people get off the elevator. And maybe if you're not even thinking about it, you see it. It's like, oh, you know what? Let me go ahead and grab something. Um, so that's why I plan on either putting two more on the 18th floor, whether, you know, so people who up there don't got to go all the way down to the second, all the way down to the 10th. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe doing another snack of soda, maybe just doing a combo machine or maybe doing a toiletry machine. So what's I that like? like? You say you negotiate. I don't know if you're giving away too much. So like, what do you mean? Like, what do you say to them? Like, hey, what do you think about if I add two more vending machines in here or is it? Yeah, pretty much. It's like, well, for, for us, it was kind of a, both parties, you know, so the owner wanted machines on each floor. And I was like, I don't know if that would make sense. Now talking to my, you know, my warehouse, they was like, man, shit, how? they was like, hotels have them on each floor and from, mm -hmm. they do well. So I'm like, damn, you're right. Um, so then they was like, do you think it would be fine to get to, you know, on each floor? I'm like, I don't know, but let's, let's, let's start with a couple more, you know what I'm saying? Let's mm -hmm. just start with some more. I didn't know if we wanted to do one machine, maybe just a combo machine or two. So that's where the negotiation part comes in. Um, shit, now I think about it, I, I, I got to restructure my contract with them anyway, because our initial contract included two machines. So mm -hmm. I added more. I need to restructure it um, to fit that. But yeah, that's kind of how it went. Just like, yo, do you think it would be good to get more in there? I'm just like, yeah, let's, let's try two. And if it does well, let's do more. Um, and it's, it did well, so when the new year starts, I'm bring more. We always kept our machines empty and we had like four on each floor, like a snack machine and a drink machine and a laundry mm -hmm. room and then a snack yeah. machine and a drink machine. And like, we had like these lounges at the end of the hallway, like where you can go just like do homework and cook or whatever. And we have four machines per floor, like, and they were always booming. <laughs> so 
it's definitely yeah. a smart idea to go keep, you know, putting more on, you know, floors that are higher, go higher and higher up to help those people at the top. Because, you know, I definitely hated going downstairs to do anything. I just want to say, Marcus, your um, consumer psychology game is up there. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. He pays a lot of attention to that. That that's the type of stuff that people don't pay attention to. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, that's something about shit. A big part of that, I ain't gonna lie, y'all, is um doing the behavioral specialist shit though. Because when it comes to that, when you write, like I said, when I write these plans, the number one thing you have to figure out is why is the shit happening? Mm-hmm. What is the what is the function of it? Um so that should help me with that, you know, just understand people as a whole, you know, like everything kind of has to make sense. Like, why would they do it? Why wouldn't they? So that should help a whole lot. And that's why people come and work with me you know, as far as learning the vending machine shit. Like, people, mm-hmm. as y'all see, people, you know, doing successful. Like, they they doing their mm-hmm. shit. Um, you know, because I tell them every single thing that I did, and I tell them why. Not just what I did, but just why I did the shit and why it worked. Like even um, my last, you know, said the the whole putting a money or a scratch off on the back of some of your product in certain locations, why it will work, you know, and why it won't work in other locations. Mm-hmm. So I got to ask because I asked B this question, but if, regardless of money, uh, regardless of everything else, what would you be doing? Like, you know, if you weren't working. You know, you didn't have anything, you didn't have bills or people to worry about. You just wanted to do something. What would you be doing? Uh, making music, man. That, probably making make music? music? Yeah, like if anybody ever listened to my podcast, or uh, I, I used to write, but produce. So I would write and produce. Okay. What's the name of your podcast? Listen, uh, Law of Investment. Okay. Okay, so we got to check that out. Yeah, so if you if yeah, as soon as it come on, a beat plays in the beginning. It's a beat that I created um mm-hmm. for a song I wrote for somebody a couple years ago when I used to live in Jersey. Um so yeah, I taught myself how to play the piano and shit like that when I was in Jersey. Um could I have mm-hmm. mad idle time by myself. So it'd definitely be music. That could have been your ra- random fact about you. Right. I was thinking about the shit from the last Zoom call, so it was fresh on my mind. You did drop like three or four. <laughs> there we go. Dropped a bunch of random things nobody knew. He does autism consulting. He plays the piano and you do producing. Yeah. yeah. It's just I'm like B. Pro- I think B said he wanted to what color and build bookcases. Yeah, I'm actually um this week random. taking singing lessons too. See, random. <laughs> be about to be out here singing. Y'all better watch out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 voice I'm, 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 I might post a video of me playing playing something. <laughs> hey, y'all, y'all might need to link up. up. You trying to y'all find somebody? Exactly. Y'all trying to find an RB out or something. Hey, y'all don't know this about B, but he's a good uh, songwriter and rapper as well. So y'all could really put something together. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, that's his real brand. When when I'm dropping, y'all. I know, I know y'all got money for studio time. Y'all can make I it happen. I was going. What? <laughs> Come on, and the B stand for bands, right? Yeah, the B stands for bands. And beats. 
and beats. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> Bars. <laughs> we need that mixtape, though. No, for real. That was funny. Nah, I got y'all, man. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to post something on Twitter one of these days, man. I've been debating about it. I'm like, nah, nobody wants to see me play this shit. I might post oh, my yeah, own. You, you going to get all the girls in your DMs. What you mean? You should just upload that to Twitter. <laughs> you don't even got to put it on YouTube. Put it on Twitter, you're going to go viral. Yep. I might upload Just my play the piano. He like, nah, yeah. I don't want that. I don't want I'm that. Great, great singing lessons. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you need to do a side yeah. by side yeah, video of you... singing lessons in the piano. <laughs> he drops the piano, has a little candle on it. If you do that, if you drop that video, then B has to drop the YouTube channel link. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? <laughs> what YouTube channel link? Hold on. <laughs> well, he's singing. He got a YouTube channel where he sings. He got he got a private YouTube where he on there singing or something. He on there. He on there. He no, like baby okay. face. So no. <laughs> uh, right before I left to go to the military, I was hanging with some folks and they rapped and you know I was hanging around them, so I did a little bit too. Um, but yeah, but you was rapping or like, you was singing? Rapping. The pace like oh, okay. years old. I can't sing to save my life. <laughs> oh, so you gonna drop that link in the group chat from last week though, or two weeks ago though? Because I'm trying to hear that. Uh, yeah, I can do it. Hold on. There we go. <laughs> I see being a too tall T. Y'all got music videos, or it's just music? There's some videos on one of these. Yeah. How, how'd you know about the T? <laughs> Be- what? Come on now. <laughs> Everybody had a too tall tee. Everybody. I couldn't imagine being no tiny t-shirt back in the day. I know he had a too tall tee. You had some Jabos? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't think <laughs> what, what color was your favorite Jabos? The blue with the orange stripes. Yup. That was fresh. Mine was the blue with the lime green. Me? Hey. hey, those is fire too. I'm just waiting for them to bring back some skinny Jabos. That's what I'm waiting yo, for. Yo, if they bring back skinny Jabos for women, yo, game changer. I seen somebody that got some, uh, got them, I guess they got them tapered or something. But uh, that was, it was definitely a picture on, on Twitter with somebody with some skinny Jabos on. What? They missing out, man. Jabot need to come back with some skinnies ASAP. Yes. Where is so many chicks on my phone? What I supposed to do from two weeks ago? You're supposed to drop the YouTube link in the group chat for the so podcast. we can I gotta see find rapping, the group chat. so we can understand the caliber of this mixtape that y'all are about to drop. <laughs> <laughs> and it could be called investments. <laughs> and I need y'all to do like an intro with Dr. Umar. Saying like donations, <laughs> donations, <laughs> donations. <laughs> oh my god! Y'all we gotta make get a Tara black on SNL. there too. Oh, go. You gotta get Tara on there too. Tara Spitz. We gotta we gotta do a black SNL or something. That way we we're, we're able to release our music in peace and have music <laughs> videos. <laughs> Yo, if, I any, if any of this is the timeline, <laughs> I <laughs> got. <laughs> Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna post me playing. I'm probably gonna play uh one of my favorite songs with Rihanna Stay. I'm gonna like I might post that when I play. I like that <laughs> shit. 
You gonna be playing with your little time on? Do you know how many bitches about to be in your inbox? Go viral and post your vending machine course right underneath that. Right. I saw a by Rihanna, so I decided to play it. I'm not that good. Yo, I got a question. Go out there and kill that shit. I got a question for y'all. How do y'all um I mean, I'm pretty sure y'all brushed the shit off, though, but, like, you know, as far as people having, making fake pages to come at y'all some some wild shit, because um, <laughs> that, like, that's, like, that's different, like, um, I mean, I'm waiting for that to happen to me. Well, how do y'all take uh, that shit? I, like, I don't heard shit about you, somebody, people saying Tara was fat and all that, like... Bees had a bees was a man. Tars this big. Like, <laughs> Tars this tall a, yeah. and this said, big. Bees <laughs> like was a, like coming out. Bees was a man bees. with a white with a fat white girl, a white fiance. Like I, all this wild shit, yo. B don't got eighty one houses. He don't make no money, man. Like I just be saying this shit like that. <laughs> oh, and wait, don't forget Jazz. They said Jazz never been to Italy. They said oh, that place was God. not in Italy. Yeah. I was just about to say. <laughs> I was just about to say like. I with just two meatballs on the plate. Right, 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 <laughs> right. right. <laughs> on, I was just about to say, like, I oh, try to chill me. on this timeline with that because, like, people are crazy. I can't. I literally tweeted my plate in Italy. I was in Italy for my friend's wedding, and that went from me like making a joke to people were saying like that. You're um, fat shaming. Yeah, I was you fat, fat shaming, fat phobic. You were in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget. Don't forget Ari ain't black and somebody pulling up the black oh. people coming to smack her. Oh, oh yeah, yeah that too. Yeah, Ari ain't black. <laughs> coming to do what? <laughs> they Someone said they're going to wait for me. They said they're going to oh. wait for me at Black Seed Summit. I was like, you might want to try me one-on-one in Vegas and come Yo, are y'all going to that? <laughs> y'all, y'all are going to that, right? Yeah. I'm a Bro, we already talked about this. Yeah, I'm saying I'm, I'm going. I'm, I'm going too. I got I got Yeah, We're going to be there. We're going to be there. So, But it, it ain't <laughs> going to be none of that. <laughs> No, you want to go the one? Ain't speaking. I know you from Nita. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's Nita. That, that's not me. I thought that's your cousin. That's my cousin. They got to be related, though. I'm convinced. Y'all are actually related. <laughs> we we yeah, are related. No, nah, no, nah, we we not. But we didn't answer Marcus' question at all. But like the no, way I'm I, answer. Yeah, the you, way I we got deal you. with it is um. Notification. Notification filtering. <laughs> we don't see any of that shit. Like, right. you don't follow right. me, I don't see any of your tweets. So, like, unless it gets really bad, I'll make it to where, like, I can't see any tweets from people that I don't follow at all. But really, like, if you don't follow me, I'm not going to see it. And most people who talk shit, they won't follow you. So, right. and then with the burner pages, too, Ari put us on to this. Like, you just have to end up... Um, Put it on the filter to where like if they haven't confirmed their phone number because people will make a fake page and not confirm their number so if they, they don't have an extra number yeah because they don't have an extra number they ain't got multiple <laughs> phones so they stuck you with the one. so uh <laughs> so yeah so if if you do that that kind of like eliminates a lot but outside yeah. of that like i usually don't see anything that anybody says about me unless like one of my Some friends screenshot it and yeah and they send it to me so yeah i do that like if you don't follow me if you don't if you have a default photo if you haven't confirmed your email if you haven't confirmed your phone number i don't see shit at all so but that one person uh anyone who gets like two out of line or out of pocket i have a friend who can just put 
anyone's handle into whatever crazy software they have. And it'll literally pull up all their information of, for like the last 10 years, like where they work, their credit score, what's in their bank account, where they live, where they, uh, how much they get paid. Like it's crazy what's public information and what can be pulled. So a lot of times, like when you're getting out of pocket, I know who you are most of the time. I just haven't said anything. Right. But like, I know for the most part, who you are, what I'm dealing with and you know, what's going on. And I save anytime someone gets crazy, I save a screenshot. I have it backed it to my email and my phone so that if anything pops off in public and I have to smack the fuck out of you, <laughs> I have evidence. I have evidence that I'm defending myself. Yeah. Are you be real with them, them screenshots though? <laughs> yeah, you got to, cause people love to delete and it, they love for it to be tweets are loading right now. So oh, you, you see, you see how that company, I'm not going to give them free press, but you saw how they tried to play me and make me out to be a liar, right? We don't so fuck like, with them. So I bet. <laughs> you want to call me a fucking liar? I didn't, I didn't even have one of the screenshots. One of the other girls who, like, I did a free consult call for, she had the screenshot, and she sent that to me to, like, add to that thread. So, like, a lot of the time, it's mostly, like, people who fuck with me who, like, have my back and, you know, are there. But, like, I'm a lot of shit, but I'm not a fucking liar. Look, and I, I think just also like, everything. Yeah. And the biggest thing is Twitter is not my life. Like I get on that app and I have <laughs> right. a real life that I enjoy. So like you yeah. can be miserable on Twitter by yourself because like y'all was saying, I'm probably not gonna see it because I probably don't follow you. And like I don't give a fuck like what you're saying to me <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I, like I look Twitter. at Twitter yeah, like all the time. Yeah, I look at Twitter as like, you know, like public, tra riding public transportation, even though I got a car. Like, I don't got to talk to y'all. Right. And I don't got to right. come over here and frolic through the timeline and say what the fuck that I say. I can do this in my house by myself. I love talking to myself. You know what I'm saying? I have great conversations. We come up with great ideas and great shit happens. I don't got to do that. You know what I'm saying? For, so for me to put myself out there and talk to people, you know, I can easily just close the app and go away. I ignore right. Like so much shit. Like people get into full on arguments in my in my mention. And it's some by some of the people I follow. Yeah, by by themselves. And they'll be upset. And they'll be upset and they'll be begging for an answer. And I'm like, look, I don't have to answer you. I can just tweet what I want and go about my day. And like I love it. And you know, I got I guess a lot of people have been understood that social media, while it is real life, it is not the whole life, you know, and sure. you can live your life off the app and just because you don't tweet about it doesn't mean it doesn't it didn't happen you know you can experience things outside of social media it's just a great tool to use and network with people facts that's just like motherfuckers um like this is kind of similar but it's like seeing niggas out there taking uh photo shoots at the protest and shit right like right that shit's or, cool. like like for me like i like what i've done is i didn't tell them like I, I go out there um and i did it yesterday i take my truck out there and, you know, my vending machine, snacks and sodas and drinks. Mm -hmm. um, I go out there, I protest, and I will put all my stuff out there for everybody to get, you know, because I know they're probably hungry and thirsty and stuff like that. Um, but I'm not posting that shit on, online. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like, the closest I might get is like, hey, we going to donate to a charity, but I'm not doing that yeah, shit. Yeah, that's what I'm, like, I'm not saying what I'm, especially for stuff like that, everything don't need to be recorded. Um, and I said that from the jump, like I'll like shit on that nature. It's best to move behind closed doors because there's a lot of people mm -hmm. infiltrating the good fight with um 
a um um, they they don't have they're not fighting the same fight. I just say that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you don't want to be caught up with it. Mm-hmm. That is and so I'm, true. And through y'all, I'm kind of learning. Like, cause now, like I said, I don't really know most of the people. I was like Tara said before, I was on the other side of Twitter. Just <laughs> tweeting, but you were just like, tweeting about vending machines and putting out game, and like the people that was following you, some of them was like, "Oh, this is cool," but they weren't really acting on it. I was like, "Now nah, you need to come right. over to this side." Where we have a whole network of people that you know do these things. So I think I, we we're talking about building the email list. You're like, oh, how how do I do that? And I sent you the Mailchimp link. I was like, this is how I I was doing it at the time because this is way back before I I switched to ConvertKit. So and I didn't even have you know, my I didn't even have my course then. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, it was early on, yeah. So I appreciate you too, just to say that because mm-hmm. I never um I said it to you then, but as far as like now, just like I, I appreciate you for that um. Cause like it was mad, it was unsolicited, you know. what I'm saying you just mm-hmm. saw it, just came through. Like, hey, listen, man, you should do this. Um, I appreciate that because you kind of mm-hmm. introduced me to everybody here, um, mm-hmm. even on this side. Um, now I'm learning who the fuck is scamming and who wants some bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> now you see it for yourself. Yeah. Nobody Look, is like you have to tell anybody who's scamming. On Twitter, all he all he was like was like, hey, I have a business. This is what I want to do. I want to reach people. I need to build an e- email list. I DM them like, hey, you should use MailChimp. And that's it. You know, people don't ask enough questions. They don't ask the direct questions. Like, he yeah. asked a, a direct ask question. I was like, wait, I can answer that because Ari answered that for me. And she was like, look, just use MailChimp, set it up. It's easy. So I sent that right. to him. And I'm like, if people do that, you know, like, that's how you network. Right, right. And I yeah, saw that he was doing the vending machines. I was like, yo, he should be on our side of Twitter. Like, he does some dope-ass shit. Like, this is something he would benefit yeah. from talking with us, and we would benefit from talking to him. It's another income and that's, and that's how you get good people in your corner. It was mm-hmm. crazy. Almost all of y'all have literally helped me, like, grow my business one way or another. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. or even see, like, further with shit. Like, like you said, Tara, you helped me give Melchim. Like so now mm-hmm. for me, I, I had it for like four months, but I got seven hundred subscribers to my email list. Ari mm-hmm. has got me to create my own link tree and my mm-hmm. own separate, you know, marketing and branding like website, things like that. Um mm-hmm. B's shit, um now I'll be able to qualify for business credit because I actually have an address, a business address. <laughs> and follow for real. Like, hey, hey, that's the I one that, that trips people up. Yeah. Look, yeah, it takes a village. We all yeah, in this together. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? B, like, B with the crib, like, I never, like, I never thought about investing other than, like, where I was at, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And seeing what him talking about Memphis and then hearing about Cleveland and stuff like that. So then I reached out to Xavier, had a consultation mm-hmm. call with them. I'm like, yo, you need to be an investor um, instead of being a landlord and shit like that because the shit you got going on. Like, all of y'all kind of, like, yo, kind of got me to start thinking big because I, I wasn't expecting none of this shit. I was mm-hmm. just like, man, I got my machines. I'm doing great in life. Like, mm-hmm. I ain't know shit about social media online. I'm just like, that's why I said, like, if I log off and lose my shit, like, I'm going to be good in life. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be good. But y'all kind of helped me see bigger than what I even knew. Like, I ain't even, honestly, I didn't know I was an entrepreneur until I mm-hmm. saw y'all. I ain't know. I thought I was just, I just had my business. I didn't know I was an entrepreneur. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm just all y'all. Be you don't like entrepreneur? Who what? You don't like the word entrepreneur? You like business owner better? No, nah, I was saying that's what he thought he was. Just a business oh. owner. Gotcha. <laughs> he was like business owner. <laughs> nah, I don't mind. What's the what's the difference to y'all between a business owner and an entrepreneur? 
Entrepreneur to me starts businesses. Business owners can just buy businesses and just own a business. Yeah, entrepreneurs work in their businesses. Or work on their businesses. Mm-hmm. They get down to the nitty-gritty. Because, I mean, you have money, you could just go buy a bunch of businesses and own a bunch of shit and never, ever step foot in your businesses. And not know a goddamn thing about entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. That's what I like. I like that. I like the investor style. <laughs> I, like I do too. Investor style. Yeah, yeah. I've been on yeah, both that's sides. What, mm-hmm. That's what I'm uh, jumping into now. Uh, business acquisitions. So I'm just gonna be buying people shit and be like, "Hey, y'all, go talk to Ari." <laughs> uh, Ari's gonna be on maternity leave for the next year or two. Oh. No. <laughs> Uh, well, you better get your um, your 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 coat. Uh, <laughs> what coat? Ready. We don't her, talk about her, that. There's... We don't have a coat. <laughs> her um her mini project managers. <laughs> <laughs> so so I mean so everybody in here like what do y'all think about being like a business owner versus entrepreneur? Like for me myself, like I know now I like being a business owner more like investing in a business that's already set, already ready to go. Mm-hmm. Like with Marcus, like how he said, you can buy a route. Like I'd rather buy a route that's already got its own employees that stock it, that do everything for it. Like they got a maintenance right. person to some break. Like I, I'd rather do that. Like I've, I've done enough business wise to realize like that fits my personality more and that aligns more with my goals. So like, you know, mm-hmm. what about you all? I'm saying like even my autism agency, like I, I, I hired a company to take care of all the back and work and do all the hiring and shit like that. So for me, it is like, it's going to be passive income for me. You know what I'm saying? As a CEO mm-hmm. and shit like that, because I ain't got to be in there. None of that shit. I, right. I, like, I always will pay that extra money for my time. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm not right. building up no new vending machines, places. Now, if it's a route or not, like if it's not a route, I'm probably won't fuck with it. Um, even like I'm getting real estate, like I don't want to be a landlord. I'm going to be an investor. I'm going to pay for property management. Even if I did house hacking, I'm going to pay for property manager. And you ain't even going to know that that's my shit. Um, <laughs> you know, like that's, that's kind of how I'm, that's where I'm trying to be at. I personally um, like being an entrepreneur more so than a business owner, only because I'm a workaholic. Like, I don't want to do shit else but work nine times out of ten. Um, so working on businesses and, um, is really fun to me. I never, I don't think I ever get tired of it. Um, and building, just seeing how creative I can get and building new stuff um, is more fun and um, satisfies my lifestyle more so than just going and buying shit and letting it run itself. Because um, I'm not. I don't really do most of my investments now are social investing. Like is it, I'm not in it for the uh, return, but I mean, of course I want to return, but it's more so um, I see you doing this. I want to help you um, scale or build, you know what you're doing. Um, and I've reached out to a few people who I've known um, through Twitter or offline for a couple of years. And I was like, look, get your paperwork in order. Um, I want to invest this amount. Um, 
and you know, like if your you know your P and Ls and all this stuff is your taxes are all straight or whatever, you got your shit in order. Uh, we can talk about a percentage of equity. Um, I buy like I, let's say I buy twenty twenty five percent of your business, um, and I do that, but more so I'm more so still at a point where I want to build shit up from build shit from the ground up. I think me personally, I mean, I think, feel like everybody in the beginning should be an entrepreneur because I feel like in order to be at least a decent business owner, you at least have to know the business first or at least mm. know what it takes to start a business and run a business. So for me personally, I, I love being an entrepreneur because I love working like B. I'm a workaholic. I love working. So I would choose to be an entrepreneur, but I know eventually I'm going to just be a business owner one day because I, I want to enjoy my family and I want to be able to just relax eventually. Right. But I think in the beginning, everybody needs to be an entrepreneur so they can understand business just at a certain level. That way, when they get to be a business owner and the business has ups and downs, they can understand why businesses have ups and downs and not just be one of those angry investors. Like, why am I losing all my money? <laughs> well, you know, it's what happens when the market does this. You know, so I think everybody should be an entrepreneur, at least at first. Like, even if you have a failed startup, you know, mm-hmm. you know, just do it still because it teaches you a lot. I am always going to be an entrepreneur through and through. Like I, first of all, I see how the majority of people set up their businesses and run them and it's a fucking mess. So if I can mitigate that risk and that mess and start things properly and like organized from the beginning, I'd rather do that. Uh, I'm a workaholic as well, but I just love like the fast pace and the fun of like, all right, we don't have much. We're going to make something, you know, out of this idea or what we've got. Um, you know, once things are like systemized and structured, that's when I get bored, right? I like to like come in, solve problems, put out the fires, see how we can fix, automate, whatever. Um, and then shit, I had one other thing I wanted to say also, but I can't remember. Um, you know, hmm? you know, yeah, you know, I don't necessarily need to hold on to something. I can, you know, get bought out of it or whatever. I'm not I'm not a maintainer. Like, I don't like to maintain something. I'm more so of, like, a fixer and um, a systems creator, right? So, like, you know, that's when it's fun. But once the problem is solved, I'm like, eh, this is boring to me now. <laughs> this is very boring now. Like, y'all are good. You're coasting. You know what to do. Like, peace. Um, and then oh, I just had it. It just came back. Oh. I like to see like what um, the hard work turns into, right? So when you're spending like a year, two years, three years, like working your ass off and you start from nothing or something very minimal, and then you can say like, damn, we scaled this business to a million in like this amount of time and, you know, it's all set and we can step away from it now. That's like the fun part for me. We're like, yeah, like we did that. Like this is what we produced from that. So, you know, I probably won't ever buy anything that's already like, set and ready to go i'll probably buy a failing business before i buy a business that like the owner just wants to retire and it's cash flowing jazz i think the same definitely entrepreneur just because of like a lot of what everyone else said like i like to work i like to hustle like i I just like that whole grind but like 
I, I want to get to a point where like I'm an entrepreneur and like I can just finance everything on my own. So if it fails, whatever. I mean, I might have lost, but it was something I built. And then if it does well, obviously that's a good thing. But I don't think um, like business owner would be nice. Like I'm more into like the tech space. So obviously, like I think about um, building like tech companies and things like that. But I still think um, I would still have like an entrepreneur like spirit even within that, even if I'm like a CEO. Um, in that case. Um, I forgot we was on the podcast, y'all. I thought we were just chilling. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. good. That's how That's we good. like it. I looked up and saw a recording and said, what? Like, oh, shit, we on the podcast. I forgot. Yeah, that's what Four Ghosts is. We just talking, chilling, life, business, everything, all in one. Yo, this is the only way I can make friends, man, online, man, for real. <laughs> this, this, is why, this is my second time out here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to get you. We got uh, Ari, the matchmaker over there, looking for a girlfriend for you. Right. Talking about therapy. This is all in one right here. <laughs> Yo, Jazz, do we follow each other? I actually just followed you. Okay, all right. Like, you got the but glasses been, on, right? Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I've been yeah, seeing you your tweets, and I've been, because, um, I mean, I'm not trying to be a part of the cult y'all got, so I just be chilling on Twitter these days. I don't know what cult, what a cult is. <laughs> Jasmine, <laughs> is cult. <laughs> Jasmine is the cult. Jasmine is the cult. So I just be on there trying to mind my business, tweet my I little community, and get off. I have a community of dedicated people that are dedicated to improving their lives. I don't know what a cult is. <laughs> I have tweets and people, they get mad at them. That's it. Same. Same, man. People got mad at me because I went li- I live with my mom. <laughs> wow. That was another Wait, thing. So I was talk, like, talk about that. You still live with your mom right now? No, I live in Philly. My mom is in New York. Oh, um, oh okay. So but I, I live with my mom. No, I live with my mom for about six months. And it was two reasons. One, um, we, like I said, I was I dealt with depression for most of my life. So we didn't always kind of have a connection in a way as far as communicating because she thought that I was angry. I didn't, you know, was upset with her. Um, and I, you know, like I said, I didn't know what the fuck was, you know. But we had got to a place where we became so close and she was, you know, at the crib by herself. Um, her and my pops had separated. Um, so, you know, I wanted to use that time to like, you know, be there and, you know, let her know that she had a lot of support. Um, and then I knew, like, I'm like, damn, I, I could save some money because she owns her house. So if I pay, like, the taxes and things like that, you know, make sure everything in the house is, you know, fine, um, she wins and I win. I'm able to save for, you know, stuff. So I did that for about six months. Um, I moved to my grandfather's house that he owned, and he, and again, I, I paid the taxes for the property that I lived in. Um, that, so I, I saved up 10K in the eight, nine months. And that was the money I used to get started in the vending machine business. So mm-hmm. when I moved to Philly, I went in and I like, um, I went in my job and I just told him I quit. And I, you know, because, <laughs> because now, because my man was like, yo, come move, you know, move out here. We can do something. And I was going to do it in September. Um, but I knew that if I waited, then I probably wanted to move. So that February, mm-hmm. I just quit on the spot. So I didn't have nothing to fall back on. Um, I literally just packed my car and took my ten thousand I saved. Um, and, and once I got there, I invested in the business two weeks later. Um, but I did that staying with my mom. I said that people were fucking talking shit. Like people don't have the luxury of being able to do that. Like, oh y'all got, so, like y'all got nobody that love y'all. Like damn, son, like you. <laughs> nobody loves you. Like, 
But people was mad. People were telling me that I wasn't a real man because no real man puts a burden on his pay. Like, not even knowing that I was paying for the taxes, the, you know, the electricity, yeah. the security system my mom had because she lived in the hood. Like, not knowing that shit, people was mad. Um, people, was, people was talking shit when the pandemic hit. My mom was like, she didn't want to, um, you know, she was worried about working at the peak time. So I took mm-hmm. her out of work, paid all the bills. Mm-hmm. People had a problem with that. I'm happy that I'm in a position to do that. Mm-hmm. People were mad at me for saying it. Well, they're not really mad at you. I always say that it's misguided hate. They're mad at themselves because they right. were, at, you guys, you at one point were in like a low position in life. You didn't have any money. You were struggling at one point, right? They at one point in their life were doing the same thing. They might still be doing the same thing, but they have seen you or they heard your story of you going from that to where you are now. And they, they, you know, direct their hate and their anger towards you when it's really towards themselves. So that's why I tell you, I like, I ignore all of it because it's like people hear the fact that, okay, at one point she had nothing and now she has things. Well, I had nothing and we was in the same spot. And well, if I would have just, you know, put in work instead of bullshit, I could have been in the same spot as her. So now I'm mad. Right. You yeah, know, so I, I look at it. Oh, go ahead. No, you go, you go ahead. I look at it like this. Um, if you grew up in the hood and you had cousins who grew up that had more money, you know how they used to get treated funny mm-hmm. um, for having help or whatever. It's the same. That's the same pe- stuff people do on social media. They they are mad if you if you have any advantage, no matter how slight it is, they will be mad that they didn't have that advantage. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah, the shit don't even be I an agree. advantage. It really is bare minimum, but yeah. some should be normalized to where they think <laughs> it's an advantage. Like right. my mom loving me and saying, "Yeah, you can, you know, we can stay here." Right, shouldn't be an advantage. It should be your mom should love you enough to be able to say, "I want your life to be better." Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. um, for me, like my 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 life is like like I see you know how many times you see somebody put somebody down for having a silver spoon in there, you know, in their mouth, but they had to grind for it. Mm-hmm. But they want the same exact shit for their kids. Like, I want my kids to not want for nothing. Mm-hmm. But you shaming somebody who went for nothing. Right. Like, this shit don't even make sense. Like, it doesn't. You know, <laughs> that's supposed to be that. Like, I don't give a damn if my son want to be an artist or a sociologist. Like, that's what he want to do. I create a foundation where he don't have to worry about financial part. Live would your fucking life. If I was happy. someone who wanted to be a sociologist, but like, where did I go wrong? Oh no! But I'm just saying though, like, <laughs> I'm happy. You know, I'm, I'm in a happy. I'm in a position where, you know, my kids can do that and mm-hmm. not have to worry about. I have to take this degree. I have to save my family. No, you can live your life and be happy. Like I'm not putting no crazy burden on you just because mm-hmm. I had it. That makes no sense. You're working and doing what you want because you enjoy it and you can, not because you have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I don't believe that life's, like, I know how life is, but it's like, ain't no way in hell you're going to convince me that we have to be fucked up. Um, like, I don't think so. So it's like, if I'm in a position to, to, to make sure my kids enjoy their life, I'm going to mm-hmm. do that shit. Like, and I'm not going to put nobody down. Like, I, I had a tough life, mm-hmm. but... The motherfuckers who had a better life than me, like, my, my homie lived in PG County. I was the only nigga in my crew in college who came from the fucking hood. 
Everybody else was athletes, because I, I walked on, but they were scholarship athletes. They lived in the suburbs. I went, I went to their housing. I'm like, damn, these motherfuckers living good. It motivated me. You know what I'm saying? I seen that that shit was normal for people. Like, that's normal to him. That's normal to him. So I need to be there. I'm not going to look at this nigga like, man, you a suburban ass nigga. You, you lucky. You ain't happy. What the fuck? Hell no. Nah. I seen that shit was real. Like, damn, niggas is living like this. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. it's, it's funny you say that because my dad, now that he's moved back to, like, California where we're from, he'll go back to the hood that he grew up in. And he has a Corvette. So he'll go and like drive around. And when he sees kids out or like he stops at like a corner store or something, he'll, he'll park the car and let the kids like come like take pictures with the car, sit in the car and stuff. Um, and he goes like, you just see like their faces, like they really like haven't gotten able to like experience, you know, like sitting in a Corvette, like my dream car. I worked, you know, 30 something years to be able to buy that for myself. And he goes, I just remember like, you know, someone taking, 15 minutes out of their day to you know come by the neighborhood and just talk to us and like give us a different message and show us you know a different way of life and something else so Mm -hmm. you know that like that like reminds me of that like how important it is to you know wherever you're from wherever however you grew up is to you know just reach back and let people know like hey there's a different way you know there's another type of life that you can have it's not just all like what you're currently experiencing right now and and it's like for me like I struggle sometimes on the timeline um, because I talk about shit and some people take it as bragging, but I'm not bragging for one. I'm excited where I came from. And two, I know that it's people out there that was in the same predicament as me, Mm -hmm. that me talking about that created hope. Like Mm -hmm. for me, I've always been transparent. So people have seen me say, yo, man, I pray, man, like I can make $10,000 a month. Then I did it. Then they're like, man, my goal is 12000 a month. Then I did it. And then 15 and 20, 25, like, people have gradually been able to see me do it. And mm-hmm. all the DMs that I get for people saying that they inspired, that they look up to me, like, I'd get this shit like 20, 30, 100 a day. Like, that shit is why you will see me do it. Not because I'm bragging about this shit, because I know this shit, I can lose it. Like, I can do some dumb shit and it's gone. But mm-hmm. because I know that it's people, like, me out there that's not going to hate, that's going to look at him and say, damn, you know what? If he can do it, I can do it. I don't take that as disrespect. I'm a regular-ass person. I ain't no fucking uh-huh. guru. I'm not no mastermind. I'm a regular-ass nigga that went to college, that was struggling when he was out of college, that had to find a new degree, that moved to another city, that invested his money, and just believed in himself and did this uh-huh. shit. I-, I, can, I can show everybody every single step. And if y'all see niggas with vending machines, you know that I'm being real. Like, follow these steps, you'll do it. So I, I hope that I'm doing that shit. Like, not even hope. I know I'm doing that shit. I know that I'm inspiring people by telling my story. Like, I don't yeah. tell nobody, yo, you need to invest. You need to do this. I just say, listen, if anybody look at my tweets, they'll see I talk about myself. And I allow people to look at it and, and find their story within it. Like, one thing that I do as I read successful people's books and find my story within there, I resonate with certain pieces of it. I read nothing but autobiographies. I don't read, mm-hmm. I don't be reading a lot of financial stuff. Um, I read a, everybody's biography. If you successful, because everybody has a moment where it's like, you know what, this is what I got to do. This is it. I got to go and I, I can't look for, I can't look back. I got to take this step. I got to, this is my turning point. Um, and that's kind of what I try to focus on, man. And why I'm, 
I'm transparent as much as I am. Like mm-hmm. sometimes motherfuckers be mad at me, but more times than not, I know it's a lot of people out there that's like, damn, I know if this regular ass nigga can do it, I can do that shit because I, mm-hmm. I'm in a better position. You know what I'm saying? My grandfather owned 10 properties and he always told me when I was 25, like, yo, you got to, you know, you younger than me. You know what I'm saying? So if I did this shit, because he didn't, he worked on a plantation. He literally worked on a plantation. He shared crop. He yeah. didn't know how to read till he was 21. Uh-huh. So he always told me, if I can do this shit, you can do it with all the stuff that you have, the tools. And uh-huh. I always like, all right, damn, I got to do it. So I try to apply that same shit to the next, you know, person, the, you know, the next woman, the next man, the, the teenagers, you know what I'm saying? Like, I always make sure I look out for them. Um, but I never look at none of that shit as hating. People do. People look at him and see like, yo, this nigga tweeting about he made $20,000 this month. You know, and for some people, that shit ain't nothing. For me, it's something because of where I came from. And for you, mm-hmm. it's something because you, it's because you never been there. But if you look at me, you can know like, you know what? This nigga can do it. I can do it. And I don't take that shit as disrespect. I want you to mm-hmm. feel that way. I want you to be better than what I am. Mm-hmm. Well, I think people kind of look at it as that just one statement and they don't look at the whole picture or the whole person. It's like, okay, well, if you, if, if, if LeBron was like, okay, hey, I just bought the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know what I'm saying? I paid one point, blah, 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 billion dollars for it. People are going to look at that as an accomplishment. They're going to be like, yo, this LeBron is dope because they knew where, they know where he came from and they know that was always his goal to own that team. But when people don't know your background and your story and they just see, oh, this dude on Twitter talking about he just made 20K today, they look at it as you bragging. And like to you, you're not bragging. You're you're trying to inspire people that know like, okay, he came from nothing and now he's made something out of himself. You know, he's out here, you know, hitting all his goals and exceeding. So I think it just comes from that. Oh, there we go. So do you think uh, kind of like moving forward, do you think you're going to be more vocal on social media or are you kind of going to take a step back or are you going to dive deeper into, you know, digital marketing and staying uh, present on social media? Um, yeah, I'm going to stay on there. I mean, I have my agency and now mm-hmm. I know that there's probably a lot of people in the healthcare industry that don't know that they maybe they can start their own company. So now what I'm going to do is let them know that they can start their own company. And this is how I did it. Um, you know, like, that's my thing. Like it just, I feel an obligation to let people know that there's a way, there's a better way. You know what I'm saying? Like if I, if I'm successful and I'm not helping other people become successful, then I don't think I'm successful. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of important for me. Yeah. I think it's all about helping people at the end of the day. Cause I mean, you're only as strong as the weakest link in your community to me. That's my, my opinion. And it's like, if you're going to have a community of people and you're always going to be at the top, you're always going to be the strongest person. I mean, what are you really doing? You know, like if your goal is to become strong and just to sit on it, you know, to me, that's just, that's just stupid. Like for me, I want to get money so I can help people so I can help other people get educated, help other people have the things that I didn't have. You know, I want to get those things too. And I want to help other people that never had them get those things as well. So I feel like helping and giving back to your community is a big, big, big thing. Bees, were you going to say something? 
Oh, um, I was just wondering if anybody had any other questions or I go into the last question. Yeah, I like these. I like these outro questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, what do you consider your biggest accomplishment so far, Marcus? Um, being a, a good father. Being a good father. Turn that shit up. <laughs> right. Turn it up. Yeah, being a good father. Not just a father, but a good one. Um, that's good. That's, good that's good. I feel like, like a lot of people should strive for that. Right, yeah. A lot of people should just strive for that, being a good father and being a good parent. What makes a good father, in your opinion? Ooh. Um, yeah, that shit is subjective. And um, I, I think about it like, am I a good father? Um, but my son, <laughs> my, my oldest son comes to tell me um, every 10 minutes that he loves me. So. Um, I think that, yeah, I think that, um, security for, you know, being able to protect is important. Um, being able to, you know, really teach them is important. Um, showing them, really showing them different ways. Like one thing that I know is that a lot of us, I'm just speaking on a, as a black man from the hood that some of us was like taught mad shit that's wrong. Um, and being able to like, to, to, to knock down some of the shit that we was taught and, and tell them that is a better way is important. Like allow my son the space to be able to, 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 you know, to express their emotions, to be able to, to say what's right and what's wrong. You know, um, I know some of us grew up with, um, you know, to not really express themselves and stay in a child's place or not do this. Like it's important for me to allow that space for them to really grow and develop and become who they are because um, that's important, you know, not treating my kids as property as I feel like I have ownership over them, but it, that they are humans themselves. They have feelings no matter how old they are themselves. So I think that's important, man. You know, providing the opportunity for them just to be themselves is, you know, what I think is important as a parent. Really good answers. Just, Thumbs up. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I always like these questions at the end because it just always like snowball, like boom. But that was a really good answer because I liked how you said um, you kind of not just treat them like property, but you kind of give them ownership over themselves and like uh, they have feelings no matter how old they are. Like, you know, I, I understand some people get really frustrated with like crying babies and crying toddlers, but like at the end of the day, you got to understand it they don't understand you that much. I mean, they kind of do, but they don't, <laughs> you know, and they, and you can't understand them. So you got to like, you know, take a breather and understand that they have feelings and, you know, they have emotions that they can't quite tell you about, but you know, they're, they're kids at the end of the day. So I think that's important, especially to the development of kids at such a young age. They need to know that like, and I, I think you probably follow Stun but Stun said something a while back that I really liked. He was like, look, I don't talk to my children like they're children. I talk to them like they're adults, you know? I'm not, I don't like baby mm -hmm. talk. And he's like, I don't baby talk with my kid, you know? Like, talk to them like they're a human being. Talk to them like they're right. adults. And I think that's, that's really big on kids, like, when they're young. Yeah. Someone uh, asked me, like, what did you do with Silas? Like, why can he speak so well? How does he use big words and stuff? And I was like, I never baby talked to him. I talked to him like I would talk to you, like I talked to a client, anyone else. And even from like when he was born, I would just say like, hey Silas, I'm gonna change your diaper. 
okay, Silas, we're going to eat food. This is what this is. Like just constantly and always talking to him. And then he, I think he has like such like <laughs> a strong personality because I, I ask him what he wants to do when I let him decide. So if he's not hungry, he doesn't have to eat. And if he's done and his plate isn't finished, he's done. He can get up and, you know, go do what he needs to do. There's very little like, um, control as far as like my parenting style. It's more so I'm here to guide you. These are the parameters within, you know, that works. And, you know, like just, you know, be a kid, do what you got to do, you know, but like, even with like the whole letter thing and like him, like being able to like recognize the alphabet, like someone tweeted me like, well, you need to be a better parent and beat him. <laughs> like what? <laughs> He's having a hard time with this. And your answer is for me to kick his ass instead of like figure out like the way that he needs to learn that. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's wild to me. Like, I'm gonna... And you know, like it's, we grow up and learn that it's not okay to put our hands on other people, on women. Like, you know, if I'm, I'm going to teach him that you don't put your hands on people, especially not women, especially if you're frustrated with someone or they don't understand what you're saying. But when it comes to kids, a lot of people's thinking isn't the same way. Like suddenly it's okay to put your hands on someone who's like four or five feet smaller than you, who like, crazy. they understand what's going on, but they don't really understand, you know, what's going on. Right. So I'm like, no, like that's when a they very understand, You know what they understand? Taking away things they like. Yes, Yo, that is very <laughs> effective. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, now, you don't gotta beat a kid. You can just well, take, Ari, take their PlayStation controllers. They understand mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Well, Ari said was so crazy as far as, I mean, it's not crazy, but it's so real that people don't really grasp that as far as it's wrong to do that physical shit against everybody else but your kids. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I'm a big, um, I'm not, I don't do it is because as a behavioral specialist, I can come to your house and get your kid to change their behavior without being able to yell, scream, right. or hit them. Right. And I've, I, like I said, I'm starting my own agency. I'm able to do that. Um, and I learned that it's all about patience. People don't have the patience to do it. And they think that people need it. You don't need it. Like, I, and that's what changed mine because I grew up under that shit. Like, all right, you, you know, this is what happens. But when I took that shit, became great at it, um, I learned like, damn, like I can really, to this day, clients I work, you know, I work with from years ago, their parents still contact me, call me to give me updates because their kids love me. The people love me because I was able to take the time to really, you know, learn them and be able to help them change without yelling. Like you can't curse at these people to stay to fuck you up. You can't yell at them. You can't hit them. So mm-hmm. when I was able to do that, I was able to be like, man, there's no reason to hell. I should, I, I've yelled at my kids one time in all the years they've been alive. And that one time my son sat down on his own and cried silently. And I didn't even know that I was, you know, but I walked in the song crying and I apologized. I told him I was wrong. Yep. Um, I shouldn't have did that. And I wasn't, I told him like, I wasn't even mad at you. Like, you know, you was walking up on my leg that I'm injured and, you know, it made me scared, so I apologize. There's no reason I should do that. Um, do you notice think with your kids? Important. Like, I, when I fuck up with Silas and I, like, get out of pocket, I'll apologize to him right away. And I notice that doing that with him, he initiates apologies also. So he'll be like, yes. oh, mommy. Oh, my I'm God. So sorry. Listen, today, today, he spilled his um, yeah, fucking, so he, spilled it, he spilled this fucking Lunchable pizza, pizza on, it, on a chair. Yeah. He just came and said, I spilled my thing. I'm, Daddy, I'm sorry. 
And I'm like, it's fine. But he does it <laughs> all the time. And yeah. normalizing being able to say, yo, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have did. Like, respecting your kid. Like, it sounds so crazy. But yeah. respecting your kids is very fucking important. And respecting them as people is important. And people, a lot of people don't grasp that. They really yeah. think, take, they think of ownership when it comes to them. Right. Like um, you have to listen to what I'm saying. You have to do what I said when like he'll, he's going to react the way I'm reacting. So if I'm being impatient or I'm frustrated or like not listening or hearing, he's just going to mirror that. But when I take a second and tell him, Hey, I need a minute. I'm not in a good mood, but like let's talk in five minutes. He gets that he'll leave the room and chill. Or uh, we have a deal. I say, look, if you tell me the truth when I ask you something or you come tell me if like something spilled or something happens, I won't get mad. I won't get yelled. You won't be in trouble. Now it's like he tells himself all the time. I don't get mad. I don't get frustrated. And I empower him to like go fix his mistakes. So you spilled something. All right. Not a big deal. Like go get a towel and we'll go clean it up together. And next time if you spill something. This is where the towel's at. Yes. Like, like, yo, the moment I really was like, yo, you know what? Hell no. Like, yo, you your own person. My son was biting his toenails. And I said, yo, stop biting your toenails. What are you doing? And he looked at me and said, why is my toe? And I said, shit. Damn, <laughs> he wasn't lying. <laughs> I'm like, damn, you're right, bro. <laughs> I, had no, I had no real reason to why I told him to stop doing it. I said, shit. Damn, you're right. Shit, my bad. <laughs> That's so crazy. I talked on the apology things. My parents are like were strict, super strict parents, but like they never apologized to me. Like I can vaguely remember my dad saying I'm sorry, like every now and then. But my dad doesn't like sit you down and be like, I'm sorry for doing this. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. Like we don't like we don't do that. So growing up, I had issue with apologizing to people, you know, I'm like, I'm not saying sorry, like I will bite my tongue and not say it. And I had to grow up, I had to grow up and grow out of that as an adult. But like, I never really realized until like later on in life, like how that affected me from a child, from my being a child, when you, like you guys just touched on it. Like, you know, as soon as I started apologizing to him or you know, they would just start apologizing to you. Like, nobody ever apologized to me as a kid. I was a kid. You know, I stayed in the kid's place. I didn't talk unless somebody talked to me. What do I have to apologize to a child for? You know, type stuff, you know? So it's it's very interesting that you guys say that. Kids soak that up. And even, like, one, two years old, they're really smart, and they understand what's going on. They can communicate with you, and, like, they get it. Their behaviors don't always, like, you know, a lot of the times I found when like he's having like a tantrum or he's really upset and frustrated, it's because I haven't taken the time to just be present and mm -hmm. explain something or ask him why he wants to do something. If I explain why or ask him why he wants to do something, he calms down. He listens so much better. Right. But it's training yourself to allow, you know, allow yourself to allow yourself to explain yourself to a four year old. <laughs> That's a mind fuck right there. Or to even be conscious enough to ask your child, all right, well, why do you want to do that? Why are you upset, right? Why are you crying, right? And hearing them out and then, you know, coming up with a solution for that. The last thing I'm going to say about the kids is just that, like, if you know, everybody that's listening is like, um, you are your kid's first superhero. Um, everything that you say and do is golden to them. You know, you if you ever talk to a kid, one thing they'll always say is my mom said or my dad said, because what you said means that fucking much to them. 
And I'm always cognizant of that, um, knowing that everything that I say to my kids, like, they hold on to. It means it, it's value. It's me and then it's Batman. And what I'm telling them will always mean more than what Batman tells them as long as I'm, you know, constantly telling them and I'm actually doing it. You know, you'll be surprised how many times I might say some shit and then I might contradict myself. My kid might be able to say, hey, but you said this. Like, oh, shit. Um, so it's like, right. <laughs> yeah, just like, yo, be, be a fucking role model, man. Like, I never, I will never ever feel like my kid owed me. I always want to make sure that, you know, would my kids be proud of me? Would my kids want to be like me? Would I want my kids to be like me? You know what I'm saying? Like, would I be a fucking superhero to my kid if I did this or I said this? And the, the thing that I'm happy about having boys is knowing that it changed the way I react to shit. Um, not getting upset, you know what I'm saying? Not wanting to fight all the time. Somebody say some shit to me. Like, I used to fight at the drop of a dime. Now it's like, unless you touch me, I'm not fighting nobody. I'm not engaging with you verbally. I'm not doing none of that stuff. Um, I always want to make sure that I'm being mature. I don't have pride to where it's like, man, I don't want to be the bigger person. I'll be a bigger person because me being the bigger person is better for me, you know what I'm saying, than it is than taking a loss from you, you know? But just think about my kid, like, yo, listen, I'm a fucking superhero to them. And I know that, you know, they might seek other superheroes if I'm not really fulfilling that shit because some don't. Like, some parents don't fulfill that superhero shit that their kids may be looking towards. Um, so, I mean, just be cognizant of that if you have kids, man. Just know that, you know, you are the superhero. Everything you say to them resonates. It's the work. It's, it's golden to them. You know, I say, like, we do remember, like, the good stuff that happens in our childhood, but it doesn't leave as much of an impression as something bad happens. So, like, I remember the first time I got my ass whipped. I remember the first time my mom smacked me across the face and just how like disrespected and like low and nothing I felt like. I remember the first time, you know, my mom called me a bitch and I was horrified. I was like, what? You know? And so like, I remember those moments and like, obviously being a parent now, I can like look back and like empathize with my mom and my parents. They're very young parents. My mom had him when she was 19 years old, you know? So like, I understand and I can like, you know, I can forgive her for that stuff, but I'm, I'm very conscious of like never wanting my kid to feel like that, especially from like his mom, you know, <laughs> like his, his mom, you know, doing that, taking it to that level. And that's why like, I'm really, really against like, you know, like the spankings and just, you know, ugh, I just feel like all of that for me is like disrespecting my child and I'm not raising him to really like act like a punk ass to me he knows what he can get away with by b he knows what he can get away with right he knows how to like push my buttons and he knows where to you know cut it and you know chill out but you know i'm also not raising a kid who is gonna be a disrespectful little shit as well well where i would ever need to like whoop his ass or anything like that you know of course no, I mean, once they get to, like, a certain age, like, I I say this all the time, some people, as adults, they've just never been knocked out before, and I'm not saying you gotta knock your kids out, but, like, some people just never been in, like, a playground fight, or, like, a fight in school, and nobody ever just... Never been feathers. scared. Yeah, they never, like, <laughs> nobody ever just made a little, uh, put the fear in them, and I'm not saying that your parents gotta beat you, but, like, some people, they just, 
They need to be fear. Like my dad has never put his hands on me. Okay. I'm scared of two things. He'll in throw life. that Brownie one look. <laughs> and my dad. Okay. Because he had, he, he has the scariest looks ever. He just stops time with his look and he just like, <laughs> bores a hole into your soul with his eyes. So it's just like, you don't have to beat your kids. If your, ki your kids can still fear you, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm scared of shit of my dad. I am scared as hell. Okay, he gives me the vibes. I don't know what vibes it is, but he puts the fear in me. He put the fear in me a long time ago. Like I would do things, and he would just look at me, and I would immediately stop. So like, you don't have to beat kids at all. And it's crazy because my mom used to spank me, and I'm not scared of her at all. You see how that worked out? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, Silas spankings don't work. He'll just look at you, and not like not cry, nothing. Like, and I'm like, all right, this isn't gonna work with this kid. Like, he's too much like his dad. He's stubborn. Like. He does not give a shit. But if I, if I take away the, uh, what is the Amazon thing? The fire stick. If I take that uh, away or like his toys or, you know, those are things where he gives a shit and he's like, no, I'll behave. I'll listen. You know, like the yeah. spanking thing though. He, you know, he's a little G. He doesn't care. He's like, <laughs> I used to take up hits. It used to make my mom even more mad. And then like we do the little go around in the circle thing where she got me by the left arm and I'm like, going and the last time she hit her own self and then we stopped doing that spanking thing <laughs> so you know what i don't think spanking kids is where it's at you know some kids just you know some teenagers some preteens do need to get jacked up one time it's like put up against the wall put the fear in i'm like look you don't want to fuck with me okay but other than that putting your hands on your kids i don't think so me and my kids probably gonna be the same size too i'm gonna have to like you know grab them a couple times <laughs> to be like look <laughs> for the record, I don't, too. <laughs> for the record, I don't remember seeing none of y'all. I seen Jasmine uh, roll up, but I don't remember none of y'all taking no drinks, man. And I'm lit right now. I finished mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allergic. To I finished mine, Hitty. I finished finish mine. <laughs> yo, once we, yo, once they drink. Once we end this, I got to tell y'all something funny. So just remember okay. that. <laughs> We done? Is this, is this where we're going to end it? Anyone have any other questions? All right. So. No, I don't have any. This is fun. Yeah, All I like this. So. All right, y'all. So thank you for listening. And then Marcus, if you want to drop like your handle, website, course, like where can everyone find you, hang out with you, share that with them, all your links. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Brother Graham. Um, Graham is spelled G-R-A-M. On Instagram, um, I am Brother Graham. I'm lying like a motherfucker. It's <laughs> I am brother. I'm I am brother <laughs> underscore Graham. Um, and then each, you know, on my bios, you can find the links to my website, which will include my course, my ebook, my vending documents, your, um, my YouTube channel, my my podcast. Um, everything that you need from me, you'll be able to find there, um, including consultation. Um, I'm very accessible. That's one thing that I pride myself on. Um, you know, just be respectful to me. And I'll respond. You know, I won't be disrespectful, but I might not respond if you're not respectful to me. So um, you can find me there, you know, and I, honestly, I look forward to talking to everybody who's interested in anything I have to say.